Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. We have an awesome conversation for you today. Before I get to my guests, though, we'll be doing a few housekeeping items. First, I want to say welcome to the show. If you're new, so glad to have you here. If you're a repeat listener, you know what's up. I'm sitting down with interesting folks, having conversations, trying to gain some perspective. I'm stoked you guys decided to join me for this journey. I'm going to be doing a few housekeeping things. If that's not really your jam, you can go ahead and skip ahead to the conversation. I'll have a stamp. Uh, I'll have a time stamp in the show notes. You can check that there and skip ahead if you want to do that. But we are going to go ahead and get to our sponsors in just a moment. Uh, real quick, I do want to ask you, if you're getting value out of the show, do me a favor, just tell a friend, bring us one friend. Word of mouth is the best way to grow because let's just be honest, are you going to just listen to something without actually maybe having heard something good about it? And who are you going to trust more than a friend? So bring us a friend, help us grow the show. I'll be foreverly grateful if you do. All right, let's get to our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Strange Donuts. Listen, I love donuts. Oh, God, they're so good. Doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm always looking for the best donut in that city. Hands down, if you are in St. Louis, you got to try Strange Donuts. They have four locations, one in Kirkwood, one in Creefcore, which is the closest to me, one in Maplewood, and just across the river in Edwardsville, Illinois. So you can check any four, uh, any one of those four locations. You'll be happy that you did. They always have some sort of unique special donut. They always do fire concoctions. They're always doing something that is amazing. You will absolutely love their donuts. Check them out. Let them know that we sent you here from Outside Perspective. This episode is brought to you by Imposed Will. Go to imposedwill.com and check us out. Imposed Will is my company. We have a full line of apparel. We're always dropping new shit. We'll be dropping some new rash guards pretty soon. A whole bunch of other shit that I can't tell you about. Check out what we do have now. You can save 10% just by using the code outside at checkout. We also have a full line of apparel for the show. So anything outside perspective, you can check out over at imposedwill.com. Again, you'll save 10% just by using the code outside when you check out. One more time, that's imposedwill.com. This episode is brought to you by Hand Wraps. I love my Hand Wraps papers. I'm not a big fan of the tobacco leaves whenever I'm rolling up something. I'm reaching for my Hand Wraps. These are premium hemp rolling papers with all natural gum. They got the tips. These are the shits. Go to handwrapsco.com. That's H-A-N-D-W-R-A-P-S-C-O.com. Check them out. They are providing a slow burn for all my heavy hitters. Go check them out today. All right. Let's get to the guest. I'm sitting down with Nate Otis. Nate is a mentor. He's a strategic nonprofit consultant. He's a strength conditioning coach. He's a martial artist. He's just a very well-rounded, educated 
dude. And I really enjoyed this conversation for many reasons. This was a fun conversation. This was actually, for me, a tough conversation. The reason being, Nate is a smart, smart dude. He's very well-educated. He is uh, very, very recently, he just graduated uh, from Washington University. So when it comes to having an educated conversation, when it comes to any sort of uh, disagreeing, disagreeing or debating or coming with facts, uh, Nate is very good at, at holding the line and making you uh, explain yourself. And man, this was a, a conversation that I really needed to have. I always enjoy talking to smart people in general. And personally, after having really thought about this conversation more, I should have come into this maybe a little bit more prepared and not as relaxed because there are definitely some moments where I don't feel like I, I communicated as well as I possibly could have or uh, really expressed my thoughts very well. Sometimes I just feel so dumb. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have smoked so much. I don't know, but... Regardless, this was such an awesome conversation. It's been quite some time since I've had Nate on the show. Way back episode, I believe, 15, he was a guest, so it's been quite a while. Uh, man, we get into uh, quite a few things here. We talk about mental health. We talk about uh, the government and, and what is uh, what, what do politics mean. Um, that was actually probably one of my favorite parts is where Nate really broke down. He's like, this is what I think and this is how I view politics in all these different areas as opposed to just a general blanket statement of politics. What do politics mean? So, man, this was just really fun. I really had a great uh, great time. Without any further rambling from me, let's get to the conversation with Nate Otis. Let's gain some perspective. But like with the Pattonville School District, they're going to uh, after the the break comes back, yep. they're, they're going to like optional masks. And I don't I don't see any reason for there to have been masks in place for as long as there have been. Oh, really? Absolutely, absolutely. There's plenty of data to show that the masks aren't going to actually stop the transmittance of of COVID or, or many viruses. If you're sick, dude, and you want to wear a mask because you just don't want to cough on people as like a courtesy or something. Sure. 100% do it. Like I wasn't feeling very well for probably like 10 days. I went to, I had to go to the store though to get some water. So I wore my fucking mask inside because I think it's a polite thing to do. Em- whenever you, empathy. Yeah. But in general, I don't think to mandate that mask wearing <coughs> is is the move, nor does it. There's plenty of examples of why it doesn't work. So if if you look at a study where it, it shows that it works, that that study in particular was done not to really reflect real world environments. It was done where they they had people put on a mask and they coughed into a petri dish, and then they they measured what was in the petri dish and, sure. and then that's and then the viral load right and then that's where you come into the conclusion of saying that masks are effective because when i coughed into this petri dish the viral the virus that was in this dish was less through this however whenever they they do studies in and in, in meta-analysis and 
they look at an actual real world environment where doctors are wearing masks in the hospital setting. Mm -hmm. There was no actual difference whether you're wearing the mask or not wearing the mask as far as whether or not you're actually catching anything. So in a real world setting, the masks didn't, didn't actually work. Are there percentages or actual figures that we can uh, cite? Like I, 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 I haven't, I've not read this type of research. I've, um, you know, kind of you know, similar to the effect that you were saying earlier about if you have, if you're feeling some type of way, right? You're feeling under the weather. Put the fucking mask on when you go out in a, into a public space. And so, I, in my understanding, is that if we keep our shit in our face, right? The, the when we cough, the mask catches a majority. I think there's like an eighteen percent, uh, not efficient lack of efficiency that's happening around the mask, or at least some masks. Um, so like. In my mind, from a science stand standpoint, if that was 80%, then, like, what the fuck is a mask doing? But if it's catching some possibly contagion particles, like, why? That rationale makes sense, right? However, the, 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 the particulates, especially with COVID, it doesn't catch. Those are so small, it, it doesn't catch those at all. And it actually is just. It, maybe it's not going forward, but it's just dispersing. Right, like and that's it, that 18%, it, it, I thought. So and, and when it's dispersing, where the issue is is the saturation. So if you, if, you, if you listen to a lot of these people now, as far as these healthcare providers, it's always talking about what's your time of exposure. Sure. Right? How long are you actually exposed to it? Because the, the, the time of exposure has to do with how saturated is it in the air. So the longer we're in a place that's not ventilated, that doesn't have UV or anything like that, it gets more and more saturated into the air. So the longer you're in that, that's where the exposure comes into effect. It's saturating the air around you. So no mass is going to stop that once it's actually saturated in the air because you're still breathing in the air. And those particulates are so small, they're going to get through the mask. That mask does not stop those particulates. So even if you're not breathing out, you're still going to breathe it in. No, that, that's logical. I, um, I wonder how this study was measured against different types of masks, you know, with fabrics, that, the types that are uh, so they used, I surgical, believe, the N95. I believe they used the surgical N95. Of course, the N95 are going to be the most effective, 100%. Those work. Who's wearing those, though? What are people actually doing? Should I do when I go into public these days? Anymore? But how many people do that, though? Ain't yeah. nobody wearing a fucking mask anymore. Everybody's yeah. fatigued, as they say. COVID fatigue, fatigue, well, fatigue. <coughs> well, not even... Just like what type of mask are you wearing? Like people are just reusing masks, or wearing a bandana. Bandana. Or, like yeah. if you're actually using an effective mask, 100%. But who's doing that? So my only major concern is it's not really the use of the movie. It's just like the heavily, like the heavy mandating. I'm not all for all the heavy mandates. That's where that's where I start. Sure. I start. Sure. Falling off the path with this shit because especially with these kids, they're the least at risk population for this. And if the teachers are actually worried about this then they should go get vaccinated if that's what they want to do. Are you vaccinated? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I will not get vaccinated. And I think if, if that's a choice that you want to make, you should do that 100%. So I'm, I'm totally in line with if, if somebody feels like, man, I, I want to do this, everything that I've researched or heard or you know, someone told me makes sense to me and it makes me feel good, then go do that. 
where I get to fall off is when you start telling people what to do in a scenario like this because it's not even a true vaccine. It doesn't even actually vaccinate you of the virus. It doesn't even make it go away. It prevents hospitalization and death. Yeah. Like, so we're in this whole propaganda war right now where, you know, you see on the White House website where they're completely attacked. This is a, a, what they call it, a, a what of the vaccinated, a pandemic of the vaccinated, of the unvaccinated, unvaccinated, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. You're just, you're dividing people right now over terminology. It's <laughs> not even accurate. Because now you're, you're lumping in, it's a it's a it's a broad brushing stroke to say unvaccinated. Of course, we all know what we're talking about, but it implies that now you anti-vaxxer. You're not into any vaccines. There's a, there's a lot of vaccines and necessary immunizations that we are, should all get. Well, we've also seen it rise in children not getting their routine vaccines. We've seen a, a rise in measles. We've seen a rise in tuberculosis. So that's an issue, right? That's a separate issue. I, I would never say uh, correlation is causation. Just because something is correlated doesn't mean it's the root cause, right? There's a, I think that's a, I think that's the other <clears throat> very real issue in the United States right now is, uh, you, you know, you kind of spoke to dogmatism, um, but the sense of shit Dunning Kruger. I'm not gonna push that onto you, but. We have such an egocentric world because of COVID. I'm, or I'm sorry, because of social media. We already are, are as human beings, only able to look at the world through our lens. Mm-hmm. But now that we have platforms to, you know, to expose others to our lens, and then when we get likes and all of this feedback, you know, it's, oh, I must be right. They liked that. They're commenting and agreeing. So I got to keep going. And I'm not saying that you're not looking at information, but I know a lot of people that are in my circle even, um, you know, folks that I just fuck with in general that are so self-absorbed and have been, I guess, swallowed up by this this social media storm Mm -hmm. of, um, uh, you know, what what is it, Uh, confirmation bias. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's exhausting. I don't know a lot of people that that can you hear me better. No, I can hear you. Okay. Um, you know, I'll do my. Th- I think one of the biggest fr- phrases right now that that frustrates the fuck out of me is I'll do my own research. So like, oh, okay, you're gonna conduct your own clinical trials, and you're gonna you're gonna actually understand how to read through you know, peer-reviewed research. Like, you can read an abstract right, and know that you can jump to the conclusion to kind of look at these details as a, and then go back and say, okay, so this is what they've concluded. What was the methodology? How start did you par- get... Yeah, start, start parsing p- out the information. Like, how did you actually conduct the study? What was done? And most people would see a 10 to 20-page single, single-spaced paper and be like, oh, fuck, I'm not reading that. No. You know, the average American can read at the eighth grade level, and if we're actually looking at it on a global scale, we're probably talking more like sixth grade you know we're 26 in science and 22 in math yeah um we're not exactly the global standard of education in this yeah. country so we don't have a lot of winners it's um and then again this 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 exacerbation by social media it's um 
it's terrifying. And then for kids, man, holy fuck. I'm so glad I'm not a kid growing up in MySpace was completely different. Shit, they were teaching us how to code. Yeah. Low-key, a nigga was learning how to code, and now... Yeah, but a lot of that was even plug-and-play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was just the taste. Top eight friends. Yeah, yeah. Like, what did you have to do to get into that circle? But, I mean, nowadays, a lot of kids are refining their value from likes and followers and... yeah. Up. Social media is a scary place. It's slippery slope. Now the metaverse. You know, China's only limiting their their kids to something like thirty minutes or yeah, forty five minutes a of, day like, on the weekend or something like some that. Shit like that. yeah, like essentially none. Yeah, terrifying. I, terrifying. Yeah, that level of control I couldn't couldn't imagine. I think about the psychological warfare that kids are under today in so many ways. What ways are you thinking of? Well, I mean, a big one, right, is social media, right? I mean, that's a constant hijacking of the reward system, right? It's constant comparing. It's, it creates a, a false narrative in life oftentimes, right? That's, that's Dys- psych- Dysmorphia? Yeah, that's psychological warfare right there, just on the phone. And then you start the things that are on TV, commercials, right? We're only one of two countries that use do pharmaceutical commercials in the entire world. I didn't know that. Us, I think it's us and um, New Zealand, I do believe. You mean the same country that's like, uh, you know, small government except when it's women's reproductive rights and then dick pill commercial, dick pill commercial, dick pill commercial? It's, it's, it's fucking crazy. Right, and then, do you ever watch, like, kid shows or movies or just just the amount of like adult humor that gets put in there? Yeah, yeah. Just the amount of shit that gets slipped in there. Um, I, I dude, my kids are are pretty big into into anime, and it's all the rave right now. It's all the rave. You were fucking nerd when we were kids. I wasn't. Watched, I wasn't paying know. attention to it, and I started paying attention. And dude, they slip shit in there too. And then I also got to think about realistically. What what kind of anti-American propaganda are they catching? Because that that's true too, because we do it, and we know historically other governments do it. To think that they don't is is is, I, in my opinion, I think that's a little short-sighted to think that governments don't 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 project propaganda in their favor. It's just it's we we have the CIA right. Uh, we have a MK long history Ultra. of that. We have a huge history, right? So yeah. it's evident, right? So I was, dude. Did you watch Squid Games? Yeah. Did you catch the anti-American propaganda in that? Super subtle. I had to. I was trying to figure it out. What was it? All all of the elites were were big fat Americans. All of them. That's very subtle. Go ahead. So I'm just saying we do it too, dude. We we do anti. I, I feel like maybe one had a a, a British accent. Too, maybe but, one did, but still, yeah. In general, though, S- same thing. How many were there? There was like four or five, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, m- most of them were white men. I think, I think there they were was, all white men. Yeah, right. Were they all white men? So that's my point. So that so in an, in Asian market, uh-huh. the the evil elite is a white man. Okay. Probably American or British. So that's just, I mean, it just, I'm not putting good or bad on that. That's just a thing in, the, in, in that 
example for me. Sure, sure. So I just think of what kind of other messages are, are coming through. I just don't know. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, I mean, we, I, I'm, we I, do it too. You, you see it all the time. How many fucking anti how, in in the news? Whenever something happens, they'll they'll put a black person up in there in a mugshot, but they'll put a white person up and they look so happy and nice at school or some shit. For I, I mean, if you look at the origins of film movies in this country, yes, you know, the birth of a nation was a banger in the nineteen teens. And then we had all of these race massacres that occurred coincidentally shortly after. You know, yeah, black people have been depicted in all sorts of fucked up ways in film. Shit, it used to be the jam to dress up in your Sunday best and go watch a nigga get hung from a tree. Yes. So I, I think that, um, I find it interesting that <clears throat> suddenly now the media is the problem. Like, we... Black people have been saying the media has been the problem for a long time. Yeah, I would imagine indigenous people have been saying that as well. But now, suddenly today, yeah, it's unfair. I worry, it, just in the example of the anime thing, I do legitimately worry about what kind of influence are being had on kids. Yeah, I mean, that's real, bro. Um, I... Heather and I, you know, the other day we were talking about catching a joke. I don't know what movie we were watching. Um, something animated, Pixar, you know, the new Disney banger. And it's, it's you know, it's there to draw the parents. And you've got to market to everybody, right? Game of Thrones, lots of titties and sex in the beginning. Get the men and drawn in. You get, right? And then you start telling the story later on. It, it's, it's, it's this, what sells, yeah. It's this concept of, well, of what sells best, but I, I think that I, I don't know that I've ever really looked at the subtleties um, these days. You know, I, I look at it as entertainment, but, yeah. you know, as I'm as I'm hearing you, you know, kind of develop and create this narrative, I, I can see that perspective. I just wonder. And then, so this is where, this is where it circles back into the mass thing for me, because kids are resilient. They get used to things easily, right? Like, they're impressionable. Like, my daughter feels weird not wearing a mask when she goes places, almost like all the time. So she's essentially conditioned to doing that. So I just wonder what kind of psychological conditioning is coming along with wearing a mask 24-7. Even when you're not sick, it's like everybody is sick until proven healthy all of a sudden. Mm. And and there's a lot of social development that's not happening because these kids aren't able to read face faces. That's real. And 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 there so there's just development issues that really work. So that's what I'm saying. Like these men, where they're having these kids wear these masks all the fucking time. It's like there's a social media and there's what the fuck they're watching and then now they're they're so you're you're taking away social skills even in person now. They're already here in your antisocial and then now we're taking this away and making it. It's like what are we doing? What what's I just I just I I don't really like some of the development things I'm seeing culturally that's driving the next generation because maybe our generation will be like hey say, hey wait a second I like the metaverse right I want to still do shit here because as awesome as the metaverse is I still like people 
but two or three generations, what if they don't like people, bro? Terrifying. It just terrifies me, dude. It terrifies me. So I just see all these little things, and then I just start sounding like a crazy whack job where I'm just like, fuck. But it's legitimately, I just start seeing, I see the slippery slope. But here's the difference, bro. You're not out here like plugging a YouTube video and calling a fucking anecdote science. Yeah, I'm not, I'm just trying to think rationally. I know I sound crazy sometimes, but I <laughs> wanted to talk to you because I mean, we're all, I feel like you and I are pretty opposite on the on like the the like for the political I feel like on the political scale, I feel sure. a little bit more conservative than you do. On in what regard? See, I feel, I feel like when people say and maybe I'm politics, drawing, and maybe I'm drawing generalizations, but sure. So maybe you think about um, from based off my interactions with you, huh? I think that you view the world just a little bit differently than me. And I grew I, up in St. Louis City, and I value that that perspective that you have. So, but I know it's different. So I grew up in rural rural Missouri around all white people. Mm-hmm. Like, I was a mixed, but I was raised by, like, my white half of the family. And then I went to Jeff City. And then, so, it's it's a completely different path have, have been walked. Is it, uh, is, what's, I don't know what the demographics are like in, in Jeff well, City. Well, Jeff City is, like, it's, like, 50,000 people, it's still very rural-ish. Think, like, Winsville. Hmm. Yeah, no, I have some white side of the family out in Winsville. So, you know what I'm saying? So, it's just it's just a, a different perspective. No, that very much, very much, you know. Um, I grew up in the height of the crack cocaine epidemic in St. Louis City. In the city. When bodies were actually being put up, you know. People say that crime is such a problem. Well, if you look at the stats compared to the 80s, it's not shit. Yeah, statistically, crime has gone way it's down. It's not shit. But also, so is the population, so some capita crimes probably gone up you know i mm. i i too am mixed uh raised by both sides of my family you know i've lived all over st louis i have family all over st louis my grandmother still is in the birthplace of cripping here in st louis wells the wells neighborhood wells goodfellow um i grew up in what is now <laughs> a booming booming example of gentrification shaw tower grove mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot, a lot. But not only so. Not not only have I seen these neighborhoods that, you know, once were not a place where white people were seeking property. Um, I went to predominantly white high school, and I've seen true affluence in St. Louis. I train clients that live in Ladue that have money that I, you know, maybe one day can touch that's part of the american dream but realistically like i don't know if that's what happiness for me looks like and so i've been to places where no you know the majority of white people in st louis that listen to your podcast my guests have never been and will never go and i've also been in circles in this city where i've i've literally seen wealthy elite you know that i'm not I, w- I was never supposed to meet. This was pre-tattoos on the hands. You know what I mean? Um, so I have this kind of unique um, experience in both worlds. I mean, shit. I was a personal trainer, but I made more money in the underground economy than I ever did personal training. Yeah. You know, that's the interesting thing about being mixed. 
I feel, at least for me, I felt like there was this time when when there's like that that period where like you're you're really trying to like like I feel like all people go through this. You're trying to f- feel like who you like who are you like w- like you know what are you about? Where do you fit in this world? You're just trying to figure out who you are. And for me, there was a period of time, at least when I was young, maybe like 16, 17, 18, where it's like one day I would dress super just preppy or the next day I was wearing, you know, tall tees, super, like, walk both lines. I miss snap music. Go ahead. Oh, dude, wearing, like, <laughs> having three T-shirts, bro, like, make sure they're all color-coordinated, like, the main shirt maybe has two or three colors and the undershirt is kind of highlighting those Got type. To. Dude, just Got all, to. so kind of walk in that line for a long, real long time until, you know, you just kind of settle into who you are as a person. And, um... Being mixed, I've found that's always kind of I've I've always been kind of like I float between I can kind of get along with everybody in any circle. It doesn't really matter color or anything like that. So it kind of like I always say I'm very racially ambiguous because people don't ever know what I am. Hybrid. Yeah. So it, it just it just allows you to float and get to know people and be in any different type of circle. So. You could pass as Puerto Rican or Dominican or some shit like that. So I can either hang out with to your point super wealthy people or dude maybe i'm hanging out with a whole bunch of fucking i don't know like gangbangers or something i've done both <laughs> just just not trying just because you just you just see people and you get along with them and then they all can kind of accept you because you're just in like this ambiguous place yeah yeah no, i know i i would relate to that um i think there's this um there's this sense in in white circles of safety, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. You're um, on the spectrum. You're you're more middle grounded, right? You're centralized, so it's a little safer. It feels more comfortable, especially if you can code switch. Um, but I would definitely say I've had a lot of experiences of you still a nigga. Oh, for sure. That doesn't go away. But then also going into black circles and being like, <clears throat> you know, you're corny or you're 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 a Poindexter because you you speak so well, you speak so proper. Because like even my code switching when I when I'm in some of the schools that are we'll say most underserved in communities that have highest you know the high that that need the most resources yeah. let's say it like that yeah communities that need the most resources and have the fewest it's still i can tell you're not from here you know what i mean like you're not you're not from here but so, so it's it's this this dynamic of building a relationship yeah um social capital it's social capital i i uh i i think that's it's a valuable asset these days as we begin to see, I guess, and you know, we continue to see attempts at at creating more equitable situations for, for those that have not, you know, so I'm going to, I'm spinning this back around to politics. People call politics, uh, so many different things people consider to be politics. And so in my mind, I'm thinking about, I think about politics are, our education, the system, politics, our healthcare, politics, our, our, our economy and how the economy functions for individuals. And most motherfuckers don't know how the economy actually functions. 
politics are are social structures on top of the you know kind of a segue or a, a sister of the economy right what is this social net supposed to look like what is the proverbial boot right pull yourself up by your own bootstraps what what is that supposed to look like and so when i think of politics i think of all of these structures all of these institutions and another thing that should be brought in but we don't really talk about is mental health i guess you could tie it to healthcare and say that they you know those are related yeah um but i i i think that these are all different levers legislatively which we can use and push and pull and try and change and manipulate our society yeah and when people say well i'm a conservative okay well what the fuck are we talking about yeah i i think i always yeah you're right conservative how i always tend to fall more conservative physically in resources and capital goods and what Assets and what are we talking about? Oh, so now we're trying to we're talking about the complete balance sheet here. Well, you said a physical. Yeah, well, I just conservative. Just physically, how as a country we handle yeah, we handle our, our economic like resources. Okay. I I I have a degree in economics. I I I would like to say that I loosely understand how the system works. Well, help me understand. In in a, in a global sense. Yeah. And I don't. So an example would be. We have we, we have a gross amount of spending, and and we we have an, we have like an industrial war complex. We we prison industrial. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We we we, we grossly spend in this way. Military, oh. prison, industrial company. Yeah. The the okay. The, the the government will also essentially just recklessly spend really any which way they really see fit. How, how do we lose millions and billions of dollars? They're like, oops, we just lost it. And <laughs> just, you ever, you've I, seen that South Park? No, you, I don't watch South Park. <sighs> I, 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 I probably stopped watching like and 10 years it's ago. gone. Just anyway, uh, keep going. I know I it, suck. Fantastic. Well, there's that or it, fuck, dude. Um, I just fucking had it and I lost it when you said we spend. Well, yeah, we'll just we'll just we'll spend like crazy and and then, man. It, I don't know what I want to say. You do or you just don't want to put it on air. No, it's not that I don't want to put it on air. It's just that. I'm just, I'm just, I want to find, I'm, I'm trying to give good examples, right? I can't just give a, like a high level thing. I don't feel like with you because you're going to like hold me to the fire and be like, well, tell me this special. So I'm just trying to, like, I don't, I don't want to just like, just say something. So but, I but, absolutely but, agree. But, like, We're like, frivolous as fuck. Right. Did you know what I'm saying? And so in, in, in that way, right? So money is just not free. Well, it's not real either. It's not real either. Right. Well, okay. Here's, here's the thing. This is what really fucking gets me when we're talking like like economics and we're trying to like all right do we want more winners in the world which we don't i f- i i don't think we definitely we definitely don't by what, what's happening here the amount <laughs> of, so so look you're familiar with a zero-sum game the the moment the government stepped in and started guaranteeing that school is paid for and and then now they're going to cover all the loans and 
schools can just charge whatever the fuck that they want. Are we talking about subsidies for college? Yes. Okay. Right. And then, so, well, but because the government guarantees everybody can can go to school, right, and you can just... More or less. More or less. You can just take on debt. Where, there's no other debt that you can take on at that amount at, at 18, 17, 18, 19 years old. Sure. And this is the only debt that's unforgivable. And it's the the cost of school has far exceeded any sort of health care. Well, earning that people are making. If we're talking about inflation, we're health care and, and we're talking about college inflation. education are unfucking fathomable. It's it's insane, right? So that is an economic decision in my mind. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that is fucking crazy. So I just, I just, I don't know. These are just some examples of issues that I have. But so, so like the way it was explained to me is the more we make college free in our nation, similar to Germany, for example. I think that was the example. Yeah. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure this is what I learned. Yeah. In uh, good old, good old econ. Um greater the competition is going to be so everyone gets to go to college for free however the requirements to get in have now been raised right you, you, not not everybody's going to get to go if we have free college we would not be able to afford it and we have athletics that are tied to, it's it's there's this intertwinement of free labor for athletic programs that would never truly allow uh, a four-year uni- four university to be free. That's like it. You have to be good at something. Yeah. You know, I, that that's not going to happen in this country. Where everybody's good at something. Well, we're I talking think, about football or basketball. Yeah. Just those two. I think I lost you. I think maybe you switched gears on me. So, so you went into free schooling. I thought you were talking. You, you should school be free. I don't think I'm not saying okay. I didn't I didn't articulate that well at all. So, well, are you were talking about the inflated so, cost of, of university of education? Yeah, of education. It definitely shouldn't be free. I mean, we're, we're it should be affordable. over seven hundred percent since the eighties. Yeah, it should certainly be affordable. I think that's a fact. Actually, yeah, statistic. If you guarantee the government is going to pay for something, look at healthcare. The same, I mean, it's almost oh, yeah. an identical fucking chart. Oh, 100%. If you're looking at inflation. Oh, 100%. So we, the government should get, should get out of those businesses. But here's the other problem. But here's the issue. Private sector doesn't also. We can't allow 100% the private sector. So then how do we have a good equal? It's not all or nothing. That's the thing, though. We need a balance of some sort. And I don't know what the fuck <laughs> I don't know enough about the single-payer system. I believe the populations that they serve are so small compared to, you know, 20 million people can't be scaled to 330 is the, the, the logic. So the issue is when we start scaling, these systems fall apart. But we can afford how much on war every year? Failing wars. We spend Should we? we war spend on drugs. The war in fucking the Middle East. We the, spend so much money. We're so frivolous with. We'll print more with the spend. We'll print more, or the, we'll write so up treasuries where, yeah, and so send them to fucking China. So and when I say Japan physically, because yeah, the the frivolous spending is insane. We got to reel that back. It's because the econ- it, economics isn't real. No, it's, it's not. Just, it's just a game. It's just all this. These, it's a social science. It's just these agreed upon <laughs> set of rules. 
that uh-huh. we're all operating uh-huh. by. Uh-huh. And money's not real. It's just a number. And think about this. I'll give you forty thousand dollars to give up your fucking dreams. It's it, it, most of it's yes electronic. No. You know what I mean? It's I like no, I don't know. Obviously not. That's why we're here. But that's what this system is based off of. So many people are willing to say, "Fuck it, I'll take that." I know. It. it you've spoken to inflation, and we have not seen an increase in ra- in wages that are. It's not sustainable. The, the the fucking French Revolution happened with less of an economic disparity than we're seeing today. Yeah, I think what what gets me the the most is really how it's clear that there's a political class. There's a in society. It's its own class of people. Yeah, you know, and 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 they just recklessly do whatever they want. So can. Who 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 any... is who 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 would you say is predominantly this population? Because I I find it I'm I'm gonna tie this back to your um, the subtle messaging, right? Okay. The anti-American propaganda. Because I guess being a white male is what it means to be American, right? No, that's not what it means. But but, hold but on, that hold was on. the imagery that was used in that. And, and I'm hearing you. Who has been predominantly afforded access to these levers that we're talking about? Oh, yeah, white men. If you couldn't own land. Oh, dude, here's the issue. Couldn't vote. When we're, when we're looking at the foundation of every of all of these systems, mm-hmm. and we're looking at class of people, right? And we're looking we're talking about quote-unquote elites, right? The the people who the the the, the families America was started with a small group of people, right? Relatively America had always existed. We just didn't know the language. What do you mean? So I, I have like, I have this problem with American history. Okay. You know, I, I think we even spoke about it briefly in, in the first one. Um, history is written by the winners. Right. It's his story. Right. It's a, it, 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 but it, but it, it's. Nah, like there is a history before that, and we just right. we, we pretend that the indigenous are all gone. Right. Okay. So, so okay. So let me say. Okay. So the the European settlement of this continent, of, of the United States of America as we know it okay. today. There right? we. There we go. Okay. I mean, just let's, 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 we, We've been intentional so far. Let's keep going. So what the fuck was my original point? Now I lost it. <laughs> You were talking about his story. I, I, no, no, I was not talking about his story. I smoked too much weed is what I did. Um, what the hell were we saying? You were talking about the, like the original settlement. It was a small group of people. Oh, I know. I found it. All right. So, okay. So within that context, right, the settlers who were here who founded the United States of America and uh-huh. what we have today, okay? Colonized, the, sure. Colonized. Perfect, perfect, better word. <laughs> The colonies, there weren't many. Thirteen. Thirteen. Not very many people settled here. I don't know what the fucking number is, but there were uh, successful and influential families, right? Very much so. Right, which were even less, even within that that small group, right? For sure. As time progressed, maybe there's some, some more... Influential families that have, have have jumped on board, but in general, by the time we get to St. Louis, definitely right. So, but it's still it's proportionally a small group of people. I would say even today, 
I would say it gets exponentially larger as the further west we go. 100%. But my point is those people of influence were, as people do, are always going to do whatever they can for self-preservation, right? So, I mean, when we start putting into place laws and, and different structures, which has what is where we're at today, right? All these, these different levers we're, we're talking about. Right. Those are built broken or actually not even, they're intentionally built in a way for preservation of, of a certain power structure, right? Do they exist today still? It's, it's, I mean, it's when you really think about a lot of this shit, it's, of course, it's all still new. It's all still so new, right? So you can't just, we can't ignore that, right? We can't. Oh, but we do. We do. Oh, but we do. Don't we? I mean, yeah. the 13th Amendment just recreated slaves. That shit was a hustle, my guy. Right? <laughs> it was a hustle. You Yes, yes. We don't. Uh, I shouldn't say this as a social worker, especially as a, as a psychotherapist, but people don't change in, in, in many occasions. They adapt. That we saw an adaptation to social change. Right. What what was is clearly no longer. So how do we recreate a narrative? Is it, rebranding has been a technique used forever. I mean, you know, I, I think it's funny. I'm, I'm going to take a transition because, you know, I, we're talking economics. Uh, I thought we were going to talk kids and, and mental health. And I, I, I so I, I want to take that opportunity. 13th, there's kind of been this narrative that policing – Policing in this country, the origins, there's two main main uh, theories, if you will, for protection of capitalism and, and, and assets, capital goods, and then slave patrols. So, like, I like to, I want to take the two and look at them together. When we took this concept from England, the UK, Britain, whatever the fuck you want to call it, and, and brought it here, and said, we're going to police these resources to ensure that this system, this economic system, survives. It thrives, right? That's what police are really for. Serve and protect is kind of, let's make, ensure capitalism functions. What was one of the main resources, particularly in the South at that time? That we, slaves. And so now we talk about slave patrolling. Right. To say that they don't have this kind of symbiotic relationship, I think, is some fucking bullshit. Well, to be a convicted criminal, a felon, is to be a slave. For vagrancy. To, like, not have a home. you just kicking it somewhere, and you, oh, coming with me. Mm-hmm. The fuck? You know... All the way up until uh, the fifties, I, I I believe there was a there was a man in I want to say Alabama who applied to go to university. I wish I wish I had his name. He was arrested, and I I want to say he was committed, not jailed, but committed to an institution. Yeah, like, I can't remember his name, but yeah, he was committed. Like my nigga, you you're crazy to think you can go to school here. And that's seventy years ago, but you know racism died with Martin Luther King 
when they killed him because that's when the civil rights era. And I just, I think that we, when we added women to the labor force, when we allowed blacks and whites to start intermingling and selling goods and resources, our economy just did better and better and better. I say all of this to say this prison, this military prison industrial complex, right? What if we took the money that we invest into prisons? Crazy thought. Crazy thought. And actually developed coalitions to prop up communities that have been intentionally excluded so that they can then contribute to this economic system that's supposed to be so fucking wonderful for everybody. The more buying power another community has, the it's just it just Yeah. Yeah, at this at this point, greed has just taken over so much where there's just so much money involved <coughs> in keeping people locked up. It's ridiculous. The amount of money and resource we have, we thirty five, thirty eight thousand or something like that per prisoner. It isn't it something like America has like twenty five percent of the world's prison population. Prison population more than China and Russia combined. Right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's 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 a it's, it's predominantly black. It's industry, and and the amount of people who are in there for like nonviolent drug offenses still. Bro, I saw a number the other day in St. Louis City. I think it was last year, six hundred people had been arrested for marijuana offenses in the city of St. Louis. What? Five hundred of them were African American. They're still doing that in the city. They just they I, they just decriminalized like I think. 32 grams or something like you can't it's a waste of fucking time yeah what's going on deschedule it why is it still scheduled on the federally i I just have you read that book uh talking to strangers by malcolm gladwell i have not man it's such a good book he 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 starts by diving into like the sandra bland situation and then he goes into all these different chapters and kind of parses out these different concepts and then kind of rounds it all about how all these things kind of play into this situation and it like comes back to Sandra Bland. And one of the things he talks about is this, uh, call, I think it was the Kansas City experiment for policing and it's a style of, of like is of heavy enforcement which worked in, I th- in this particular area of Kansas City which was having a lot of... Um, just a ton of shootings and murders and different things. Do you know what decade this took place? Um, it's 80s, I'm going to guess. I think it was the 80s. Of course. I think it was. Crack cocaine. I can probably make crack like the, Of course it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we. what else do we see? We see the Reagan era, right, who, who, who takes up uh, uh, Nixon's uh, – Nixon coined. Yeah, 72 through 73. The war on drugs. October 1st. Uh, and Reagan ran with Designed the measure the impact routine patrol had on the incidence of crime and public's fear of crime. Because essentially, nobody would ever... Everybody knew what was happening, like who was shooting who, but nobody would ever say anything. Nobody would report shootings. Nobody would talk to the police. No one would talk to the police. So they couldn't, they couldn't get a grasp on this. I mean, that's still a problem today. Long story short, what they did was they essentially increased patrols in this particular area and hold and behold they found like they were able to drop crime during this time so essentially 
one of the techniques I think, or one of the, the primary techniques though, with with that patrol style was they would pull everybody over, and you see it today everywhere. They 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 would pull everybody over with like a minor infraction, and then they try to go beyond the ticket and look for something for sure. something bigger, see if they can find guns or some shit. Yep. So. I call that manufacturing crime, but go ahead. Right. So that's what they're doing in this neighborhood. And they're like, oh, shit, this is working for us in this in this particular neighborhood where mm-hmm. there's a shit ton of stuff, you know, of crime and stuff going on. So because it worked in that neighborhood, that essentially just became it, – it, it got picked up by every department across the country. Becomes the model. It just became the model regardless – of whether a, co- a a community or an area was actually dangerous or ridden with crime, right? So they they do it this like that in Winsville, or they're in South City, or and you can't apply. So they just it's just a blind model, right? Which to your point, now you you start pulling people over for bullshit and trying to go beyond the ticket. And then you create situations, and you can't you can't apply a like a like a blind sweeping model to anything, and that's anything. and and that's a a part of a, a a huge issue. So that's just like one piece of a of a of a whole big issue, right? So, I mean, God, man, this this whole fucking just system of just just pulling everybody over, trying to go beyond the ticket putting people into the system like well now once you're in the system it's like oh fuck it's, it can be so impossible to get out and and now it's it's just it's so much money's going to so many fucking pockets and it's just it's, it's on so many levels where there's things that are just fucking broken that we need to fix <laughs> and it's just like fuck dude well, and then there's the cycle that's perpetuated right because you remove these individuals from the home and now if there are children in that home that were dependent upon that person, like a lot of the kids that I've worked with, uh, you know, in, the, in our predominantly black schools are <sighs> the shit that they've seen and bring to school with them mm-hmm. and then are expected to meet this standard of education. Uh, it, it's just unrealistic. So are, are you familiar with adverse childhood experiences? Um, just like traumatic experiences, it's a it's a questionnaire. It's a set of ten. If you get if you can answer four, yes to four of these, or more, the likelihood for positive outcomes in your life, right? Graduating high school, hitting hitting these societal benchmarks. These um, um, what are they called? Uh, it's a rite of passage, essentially, right? These mm-hmm. rites of passage, hitting these rites of passage are less likely to occur. Mm. And so we're talking about, a, you know, a parent incarcerated or a parent that's mentally ill, serious mental illness. We're talking about being sexually violated. We're talking about emotional abuse, physical abuse. Uh, being in poverty is essentially two of the questions Um you would think I would know all of them at this point, but it, it's it's this it's this scale of ten, and if you've experienced again four or more of these, yeah, the likelihood of you succeeding in life, 
is going to be you know majorly di- diminished. Yeah. And then if we look at other other aspects, like how likely are you to develop things like anxiety and depression, and PTSD, yeah, serious mental illness later in life, and and it's <clears throat> we have never really looked at mental health in this country, and I you know there's a lot of shit coming out of. Out, out of the research areas, uh, you know, since 2010 to to today, in in these microcosms of mental health and and the different demographics that are experiencing mental health, and so one of the things that I my favorite thing studying at WashU was uh, my suicide class, assessing and intervening in suicidal behavior, and so we have this world renowned researcher dr sean joe my nigga is mad smart black dude locks wears a bow tie to every class but he only teaches i think it was just this one class and like anytime you got this man you need to be asking him questions about what he's researched and read and the so the, the Joiner Thomas Joiner is the main theory that is used the interpersonal theory of of suicide and it's belonging like do you have a circle a community a mm-hmm. network of belongingness and then thoughts and feelings of being burdened and so if you have this high sense of I'm a burden this low sense of of belonging and then there's no buffer in between you and these thoughts, you're the highest risk for an attempt, right? Mm. That's the next step. Ideation, and then we attempt. And so if we look at it from a cultural lens, right? Black people and white people do things differently. Asian people do things differently. Latino, Mesoamerican, South American, they do things differently. It's just part of the culture. People are different. People people do things differently. But we have we have this lens. American. Right. Is European. Everything is in the European lens. The way you speak to one another, the way you eat, dress, go out in public, the way you conduct yourself. It's all from this lens. Well, that's how the world also sees it too, right? To to the squid game things, right? That was made in Korea and that's how they viewed it too. There's That's absolutely a goal. I mean, a small tangent could be like look at colorism and and fucking these these uh, treatments, right? Yeah. In Africa and in the Caribbean to lighten your skin, people in Southeastern uh, Asia, you know, they take umbrellas out into public because if your skin gets darker, that's a sign that you work out in the field or you're right. some sort of laborer. So like, yeah. There's there's a whole bunch a of lot of, of connotations. There's a whole bunch of of America that's ignored. A whole bunch. <laughs> Half, <laughs> some would argue. Yeah, probably, probably more. Um, so, so like looking at suicide, and especially working with in a city like St. Louis, most dangerous city in the United States per capita, a crazy fucking history of the start of segregation. I mean, fuck, man, if you just do the St. Louis history from the East St. Louis massacre, they call it a race riot. It was fucking massacre, right? And go forward. I mean. Before that, uh, 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 Broken Heart of America is really well-researched. Every chapter's got 30 to 40 fucking citations that you can yourself go back through and be like, okay, this shit's credible or not. You know, you can make your own opinion. But it documents the path of 
the development of this country. And when I'm looking at suicide and looking at thoughts of like hopelessness, looking at a lack of looking at a lack of of support network and then these thoughts of being a burden, right? So I'm t- I'm trying to tie all of this together. You took my father from me whether that was decades ago through legislative practices that said if you want to get these government resources you need to get the nigga about the house to the war on drugs that says okay we're going to sweep up all of these people to make the community safer but we're not looking at the long-term impact the trauma that you've created um and then on top of it we're you know all of these public health disparities, the lack of quality education, I can go make more money standing on the street corner than I can likely graduate from my high school. And even if I graduate from my high school that just recently got its accreditation back, what am I going to do with that? Right. More check cashing places than there are banks. There's more violent crime, more public intoxication. There's just this community sense of hopelessness. Right. And so for black boys in particular because that was my my focus on my studies suicidal ideation plays out differently right white men are most likely to die by suicide according to the data mm-hmm. white men over the age of 45 with access to a firearm are the most likely to die by suicide but black boys engage in chaotic hopeless behavior in a different manner there's that that's where this violence in the community this 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 per, this cyclical perpetuation especially since the late 70s 80s and the inter, you know the, the when black panthers really started to seg- segment into the development of gangs we saw cocaine and, and heroin re, be re, you know heroin reintroduced cocaine brought into the country and now this booming network until the creation of crack cocaine, it, it this overwhelming hyper-competition for resources within your community because that is what is most profitable, right? It's basic economics. Mm-hmm. It's a trade-off. And then we consider our opportunity costs. I can go to school or I can stand on this motherfucking corner. Then now I don't have to stand on a corner. I can use a burner phone or a fucking signal, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that, that's how it's played out. And we need... If, if, if we want this country to really be great, in my mind, it's just like the weakest link on a football team or any athletic team. That's my analogy, we'll say. I remember pushing the bigger kids on that last lap of conditioning or getting behind them and literally running with them to push them to the finish line because the better we are together, the more successful we are all going to be. 100%. And if we could put these resources into – so like – I lead groups. I do psychoed. I, you know, I work for a community, uh, for an organization called Chaos with a K. Keep healing and overcoming struggles. We call regular Chaos with a C. Can't help acting out severely. And so when we take this perspective into schools and we ask kids, how many of you have ever, how many of you ever been told to fix your face? How many of you ever been told to man up? Or I'll give you something to cry about. And these kids are like, heard that shit this morning. Yeah. And so we create this bond and we start to dissect all of these different topics. Yeah. But in a, in a safe space, this, this concept of safe, safe space has been like joked and laughed about to where it's, it, it's frowned upon, right? 
but I, I we are in these spaces where young men, young women, whomever, young people have not had an opportunity to get some shit off of their chest, but also see that the people that they go to school with are experiencing similar shit. It doesn't have to be something as traumatic as a shooting or losing a loved one to death. It could be having someone in your family that's ill. It could be having to relocate multiple times in your life yeah. and instability in housing. It can be that your fucking dad doesn't tell you he loves you and you really need to hear that because not all boys are tough and strong in that quote-unquote masculine monolith. And so creating these spaces and allowing these young people to, like in some of my groups and middle school groups, bro, like I had a kid share, <laughs> I had a kid share out, we got, he got, he got so comfortable that he shared about seeing his mom be f physically abused and he was trying to get to this, the stepfather or, or other parent and the, the younger siblings were holding him back as this is all happening and he just let it go finally and he started to cry. And before I could even get up and go over to comfort him, the whole six, seventh, and eighth graders circled up, gave this boy a hug, you know, rubbed him on his hands like, damn, bro, it's fucked up. You know, I'm sorry that happened to you. You're going to be all right. And then they just bounce in, yeah, I've seen that or I've experienced something like that. And they, I don't have to do shit. Mm -hmm. Like we created the space and now they can just. Yeah process it together and when we're done it's like how do y'all feel it's like well fuck man i didn't know we could do i didn't know that was an option yes and so the whole logic the concept is is to give these boys an opportunity to reduce this hopelessness yes to in improve belongingness to decrease this burdensomeness reduce ideation and now hypothetically Society can improve. We're going to see more individuals going into college, more individuals going into a trade, more individuals starting a business and being an entrepreneur because it only costs you 65 bucks to create an LLC. There, there, there's positive pathways. It's, it's one, one healthy relationship can reduce the likelihood of somebody engaging in risky behavior. And risky behavior is a whole fucking list, and some of it's stupid shit like driving fast. Uh, that shit's fun. It's just some some things are inevitable. <laughs> but, but and so that like that's that is really <clears throat> looking at the history. All right, shit is fucked up. But I would love to be the person that I needed when I was a kid because my pops dipped. He shook. He, he he he. As soon as soon as my mom was sick, I was ten years old. My siblings are in college. Uh, my mom was diagnosed with liver failure. My dad was like, you know, I can't take it. He tapped out. And he just left. And I needed yeah. some direction. I needed someone to show me how to navigate this fucking shit. Yeah. But I ain't, I ain't have nobody. Yeah. I had some folks that tried to pop in and pop out. And so that that ultimately, you know, it, it's funny. I stopped being a trainer because I hated it low-key. I was playing therapist. Yeah. Everybody wanted to bring me their fucking problems, and I I didn't have my own shit together. Shit, I was selling dope. Yeah. I was doing whatever I could to make money at that time, and, and you're bringing me these problems, and I don't know how to fix my own problems. So I went back to school. Went into therapy. I've been in therapy myself for years, years working on some shit. 
and I see what the discon you know, because I've had mostly white therapists. I've had a black male. Two, I've had two black male therapists. One was dope, but he couldn't get his own shit together and had a problem and had to fall off. Another dude, he was just corny. He didn't really, he was educated, didn't, he, no street experience and didn't really get it. And so it was like, damn, if I had that representation, where would I be? Yeah. You think that would have been more beneficial? So let me go out here and do what I thought I needed for myself at that age. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where we're at. Well, there's an overwhelming lack of of like strong male influence, right? In this, especially com- in an education system. In, oh, especially in the education system and right? communities but, too, in the community as a whole, right? And that's being shown, you know, as one of the strongest drivers for for these outcomes, right? That right dad's in jail because he was on the corner or dead or dead and then now single mom at work all the time or an integrated family with some fucking kids you don't like that are now your siblings yeah or or maybe you're with a grandparent or who knows what the fucking or in the fucking foster system right but the the overwhelming thing is there's no there's no male presence there at all and then whether at home or at school right so it's 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 perpetuating a, a cycle where boys don't know how to be men and then there's this they you get to a certain point where it's you're you're not a rational creature your brain's not fully developed exactly you're completely uh just volatile and, and operating off of emotion emotion and hormones and just instinct how to get us what so emotional yeah emotional dysregulation so i spent 50 or 60 credit hours 62 oh fuck i don't remember how many hours. learning all of these techniques all of these psychotherapy techniques some of the history of social work how to network and work with communities how to research effectively how to create plans treatment plans diagnose and it's like oh this is cool and all but like the people that i'm getting ready to that i would like to serve that i know need these resources some of this shit ain't gonna work until i got to dbt dialectical behavior therapy and it's this chick marsha linehan who who was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and it's you suffer from severe emotional dysregulation like the best the the the, the analogy is you uh, picture a burn victim um and you in the littlest shit that you poke right like that you say that you that they maybe misinterpret is like touching that skin you mm. now i'm emotionally dysregulated and some of the causes of BPD theoretically are some shit that communities that are underserved chronically experience. And so I I was like, okay, I think I can translate this, right? This cultural translation. But there's, there's components that I thought in my mind weren't effective. And, and, and so it's, I, I think that the science for that the science is available i mean even in medical studies has been predominantly white people oh yeah clinical trials predominantly white people so i, I think 
I think we're missing a full picture, full spectrum, because A, we're not even going to want to talk about our history. White people are so mad about critical race theory right now. I think it's... <laughs> I hear a lot of, we don't want to make white kids feel bad for being white. Yeah, you hear that, and then you hear... you, And you don't want to make black kids feel like victims what do we currently teach of course white kids are not being labeled as bad people i would say but what are black kids learning in their history classes not about marcus garvey not about the harlem renaissance you got to go to college and then like select that to learn about right we if, if if teaching white kids, if teaching kids the whole history, not just the winner's version, is making white kids feel bad, then what are we currently teaching non-white kids in history class? We all know the fucking truth. Adults, I would say. We just don't want to talk about it. Yeah, we definitely... It's our job. We don't I'll teach, talk about it at home. Yeah, we don't teach history as it was. F for whatever reason... We have this tendency to want to put like rose colored glasses on everything when it comes to the realities of the world and humanity throughout time. We we it's segmented. We teach this little block and this little block and this little block. We don't yeah, the, the whole fucking s spectrum of our existence is not you're right, it's not considered because even something like slavery and how it's been used as a tool in other fucking on other continents isn't examined and isn't talked about. It's still happening today. It is. Today. It is. But we, again, we don't, we don't want to have difficult conversations in this country because we'll talk about that at home. We don't want you to teach our kids about reproductive rights and sexual health. We'll talk about that at home. That, that's why. Kids are making babies still at such an early age is because you don't fucking talk about it at home because you're scared to. We have this fear of vulnerability in this country. Like, whoever listens to this, I'm going to piss some people off today. And that's okay. I don't make a lot of people like me. You know, I've fucked up some social capital in my day, but that's, that's okay. I know where I am. I know what my track is. I sound like an asshole all the time. I say shit wrong all the time. It's just is what it is. But but I see. I'm just trying to flesh it out. I feel that you have a capability of, of listening, taking const constructive criticism, maybe not even constructive criticism, just criticism in general, and be like, okay, let me let me evaluate that, listen to what you had to say, and see if there's anything that's applicable to, my paradigm, my behavior patterns, my thought process, and see if there's anything to change or add or. Do I have more reflection to do? Most people that I, you know, because I, I have a really, my circle is like a period these days. People that I see from the outside that I maybe once was closer to or or whatever the scenario is, it just, and this could be social, the problem with social media, right? We idealize, we idealize the presentation that we want others to see. We put this facade on that I, this is what my world looks like. It's the highlight reel. Facts. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. Never, never show the fumble. No. We don't want to be uncomfortable. 
I like my Uber Eats. Yeah. I like my cheap gas. I don't give a fuck if we have tornadoes in fucking December. Don't care about that. I just want cheap gas. And I don't want you to tell me. I, I, I don't I don't want you to tell me how to live. But we can. I, I just. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to back up. As long as we're comfortable. As a nation. As the status quo is comfortable. We're not ready for the next step. Which is is looming. It's inevitable. It's already here. We, we're not. We're not moving forward economically, educationally, in healthcare, in 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 social. <laughs> the level of division right now in this country, we're doomed. It's astronomical. We're doomed. Yeah, shit ain't shit ain't gonna get no better. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're so divided right now. We're all focused on all the wrong shit. Our own shit. And now I I have a fucking Facebook medical degree. I got a fucking law degree. I got all of these degrees because yeah. I fucking have confirmation bias and some Dunning Kruger like yeah. none of them. I have some opinions about some things. I know I can be wrong. The the thing I'm I'm most confident I'm wrong about day. though is 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 when it comes to like my own health. That's when I feel the most confident. Yeah, I mean I've but, seen you post things about like cardiovascular health is one of the number one things that is causing COVID to be such a problem. You know, especially in mortality. Oh well, I mean, the average mortality had four more co- comorbidities. I mean, that's a lot of shit. Obesity being at the top of that, hypertension being at the top of Which that, which is almost guaranteed if you're obese. Dude, yeah. nobody's fucking moving. Nobody's getting proper sleep. We're all staring at screens. We're we all, all stressed all the fucking all time. Day. Everybody's drinking poison, buddy. That's poison. That's what that is. Get the <laughs> My fuck guy, out of here. Bing bong, this guy. Let's just call it what it is. Well, at at the at the amount that people are drinking it. It becomes a poison, right? You know, within reason. It's not like inherently you drink a soda, you just poisoned yourself. But when all you do is drink soda every fucking day yeah. for three years, you just poisoned yourself. Or a lifetime. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, diet, though. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. It's diet, though. Yeah. Give me the aspartame and all the other shit. Well, if you look at this, here's here's the thing. This And, and this is where I'll even differ from from certain people where even like artificial sweeteners for example well if you look at the peer-reviewed literature there's nothing that actually indicates that there's any actual negative consequences from having these artificial sweeteners that's what they'll fucking tell you but if you just use your mind a little bit and just say man i don't know man i don't think that thing that isn't real is actually really good for my health like i don't think just something innately, my intuition tells me that's not real. Maybe, maybe I'm the asshole for for listening to that, but fuck your research because I also like to look at who funded the research. You know what I'm saying? So critical it, thought, bro. So critical thinking matters. So it's like you can't just be so fucking dogmatic. And and sometimes it's just like, man, I just like to just trust my gut sometimes with certain things it's, it's it's taking me really far with when it comes to my health and a lot of the research that i've done and i, and I live it i live it you know i, I wish that like I, I feel like natural immunity has been adopted i imagine this is what it looked like when democratic uh democrats and republicans switched this probably republicans used to be small government now they want big government on some of the, sh- the silliest shit in my mind yeah um 
the Democratic Party has no real issues, uh, so I can't even speak to that. Um, but I, this, 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 this logic of, you know, again driving in my side, my my team. I'm on my team, and only on my team. I think is really, really only going to progress. I mean, I think at this point, it's it's so evident that both sides are on the same goddamn team. Not at not, the top. At the top. At the top. That's what I'm saying. At the top. Yeah. Red or blue, it's all the same fucking thing, and and they're just fucking with the masses, just like just playing them like puppets, dude. Like everybody's so divided with a team trying to get behind leaders who don't even give a fuck about them. Not a fucking... Not, I, yeah, I mean, I, I was very outspoken about Donald Trump. Do not like the dude. I think Joe Biden is a fucking idiot. What are we doing here? I think... What are we doing? I, I'm not a fan of Kamala either. Um, I saw some shit that Nancy Pelosi... Po- uh, somebody asked her a question about essentially insider trading. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm for it. I'm fucking for it. She's like, we're just people, too. We're just people, yeah, too. we deserve it. What are you talking? You are the... They they influence the market. They are a huge driver of the thing. Yes. 100%. What? 100%. And that's, again, capitalism. With the current systems we have in place, because it's not just... It, Capitalism's the umbrella. You know, today it's essentially just the United Corporations of America. Of the glo- the glo- on the glo- the, this planet. Because it's a global economy, right? We wouldn't be what we are if we, wouldn't, uh, if we weren't still colonizing Africa and stripping resources at no oh, cost. Oh, man. Yeah, China's, that's just an ongoing China's thing. on some crazy shit in Africa. Writing oh. up contracts and then basically like you need to pay me back. Oh, you can't afford to. This is mine. Essentially, the the whole narrative tries to make you forget about and not think about Africa while it just gets exploited of resources. I would imagine the average American couldn't name four countries on the continent of Africa with 54 nope. nations. Nobody knows how massive it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're African Americans. Like, what does that even mean? I'm a continent of American? Like, you... I... Bro, I could... I... 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 I, I, I wish I wasn't such a pessimist, but um, it's it's crazy when I'm in therapy mode, I can be this positive, draw strengths from a person that's in a fucked up situation and motivational interview the fuck out of them. Right. But when I look at this big picture, it's how do I, how do I be present right now, today, and enjoy right now, today? I try that too. Sometimes it just scares me though. All right, let me put my tinfoil hat on for you real quick. Come on. This is what just ultimately scares me. It, we're, we're, it seems that we're more divided than ever. It seems like w- there's like a slow like imploding happening within our country. And, and it's like we're kind of like tearing ourselves apart. You know what I'm saying? Meanwhile, like ignoring the harsh realities of the world almost. <laughs> We're pretending that there aren't people in the world who don't play by the same rules as we play by. Mm. 
and and don't think the way we think, and will will kill us and take whatever the fuck they want. Literally, freedom ain't free. <laughs> I think I, I think that's f- being forgotten in a lot of ways, and it seems like we're just kind of doing all this fighting about stupid shit, and we're just so divided and not focused on the right things. Talking about there's not enough struggle, right? Like th- things are built by doing hard shit, by mm-hmm. sacrificing hard, like uh, the growth, the. <laughs> Elementary square, right? Hard men, difficult times. Right. Soft. Whole, whole yeah. shit, right? Yeah. Here we are, right? It's way too antiquated, but yeah, yeah. But my, my point is there's there's struggle and growth. It's a, it's a necessary component. Right. And what? so what fucks me up, dude, it's like, all right, so you see all this, this, this disruption within the country, and then I look at, I look at, oh, man, it, it kind of seems like China's winning the economic game of the world right now. Like they're fucking kicking ass. We, we owe their powers. I mean, there's a lot. I of think them. of when I hear a nation, I think of it, the, its people. Right. When I hear China, I think of the 1.4 billion people that are in China. When I hear the United States, I think of the 300 and nearly 40 million. So people. what do you think? So what 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 make what do you think of when you think of the, the, like the China Chinese, elites, like the Chinese government, are fucking killing it. Well, I think that's what you're saying, and I agree. Yeah, right. The Chinese the government, the Chinese elites. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, the, there's there's no separation there. Like the government runs the fucking country. Like it's a it's a communist country. Well, and surely American elites are making money off of what's happening over there. I'm sure, but the United States has an an astronomical amount of debt owed to China. It's it's transfer or uh, uh, reciprocal. Is it? Yeah, we own a fuck ton of. Of treasuries and and they owe us equal. I don't know if it's equal, but I would say that we. How much? Look it up. How much? Let's look it up. How many? How much money in treasuries does the United States owe? Own of China's? Surely I could have phrased that way better. Let's say how much of China's debt does the U.S. own? Yeah. Let's figure this out. Let's figure this out. Chinese debt is typically held by domestic institutional investors such as commercial banks. Does most of it is involved in domestic actors, banks, and institutions like, excuse me, Federal Reserve. Foreign investors, mostly governments or central banks, hold 6.13 trillion of U.S. Treasury bonds. Of that, mainland China purportedly owns 1.1 trillion. Oh, how much of China's debt? Uh, does, why does it tell me what? That's saying China owns 1.1 trillion of the 6.13 trillion of U.S. Treasury bonds, but that doesn't answer my question. How much does U.S. No. How much China takes the second spot amongst foreign holders of U.S. debt with one point? So tr- okay. Just behind Japan. So Japan owns more than China. China has trimmed holdings. Why is this not giving me my fucking answer? As of January 2021, the Asian nation owns. No, that's not the. Why does it keep rephrasing my fucking question? U.S. debts, China. Yeah, 1.1 trillion. No, that's still saying what I'm not asking you. Yeah, it keeps going to what they own of us, right? Yeah, exactly. Fuck you, Google. I'm I'm on DuckDuckGo. 
Oh, and you're a Duck Duck Go guy. Yeah, I am. Not always, but I I try to mix it up. Yeah, I I think what we're going to see in the dude, I think they own more than we do, dude. I, think, I wouldn't. I think I'm not saying they don't. I, right, but I'm just. I, I okay. guarantee we own treasuries. I'm Treasury tr- bonds. It just seems like they're winning. Okay, again, I'm just tinfoil hat in this shit. I just it just seems like they're 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 kind of kicking ass in, in the in the in the capitalist realm. Sure. You know, we get a, we we we're heavily reliant on them for a lot of shit. Lots. Even though we could just do it ourselves. We're so never. You know, cost of labor is way too th- high. Oh, you don't think we cost of labor? We won't. Not that we couldn't. Aren't they the same thing? Well, it would it's cost capitalism, baby. Well, yeah. Well, in the model, it won't ever work, right? The model says shareholders. Yes, but first. I like to think there's some good-hearted people out there <laughs> who's going to do the goddamn right thing. Sure, sure. Um, I would hope, man. Listen, you're see, you're kind of seeing some research, like with with that company um, Origin in Maine, and and they've brought. Have you are you familiar? With this? familiar. They, they make they're owned by like jo- dude named Pete Strauss started this company and. Um, he started making geese, and he like found these old, broken down like looms, and like started manufacturing the like the fabric and very cool. And he's totally bringing back manufacturing to the United States. They're making jeans and boots, and Jocko Willings involved in all this. So shit. like from the start, like for, uh, not not like taking uh, taking a raw product, turning it into something. Everything is here. Yep, interesting. They're doing it all from the ground up. So they're bringing like manufacturing back to America. So you're kind of seeing this. There's a vertical integration that's they're, happening. They're there. starting a resurgence. You know, like that's a very lost thing. Like it, we're we were essentially, if they if they hadn't started doing this looming thing, we're pretty close to losing it. Like the ability to like do it in, at all here, like just manufacture geese and well, just to to use the loom and manufacture like actual like material. Right. Right. Like it's, the fabric. They they make the fabric. That 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 yeah right. I think that adds a different element, a different component. It probably makes it more competitive, especially when you're starting at the source. Well, put it this way: before they were doing that with their geese, the only place to get geese made were Pakistan and China. I believe it. That's it. Still yet today, if you're if you're trying to get into that business, you have to pretty much go there. Not India or Thailand. No, it's 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 pretty much exclusively China or Pakistan. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but I think um I think in the years to come we're going to see a mass massive level of human migration um due to weather. Um I think places that we once knew will not exist and Oh, yeah. And and but I think this 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 concept of of cheap uh cheap labor is going to start to disappear uh, for, for whatever reason, whether it's an in, 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 in habit, inhabitability, is that even a word, um, of nations that, we've currently, that we're currently exploiting. Um, I mean, fuck, bro. Like, people from Haiti went to Colombia and walked to the Texas border. Yeah, that's some hard shit. Just the beginning. It's it's the the things that people are are willing and capable of doing, is so as a society we're just we're just heavily relying on China. Oh yeah, but that's and, what I'm saying is our economy is going to cripple that, when that isn't an option. That's my point. That can cause like a massive fucking collapse. Now what if somebody while we're collapsing, did want to come fucking try to take over some shit? What if? 
like oh you're China Russia. Any, gotcha. Yeah, try to just I don't you know what I'm saying. Just some shit hit the home front. Like who knows? Anything. Well, fuck. I mean, if they look While at anything, all they have to see is our inability to have empathy in this country for invisible things. You know, you said you at least will put a mask on when you go out in public if you feel some type of way, which is great. Send a virus. Let us fucking kill ourselves and each other over mandate because we can't have a, a rational conversation about anything they're gonna kidnap the fucking governor of michigan dude it's just it just blows blows my mind i i i i'm, I'm really genuinely curious about what actually happened on january 6th and how intense trump was on overthrowing this election because in my mind in 2024 he will be our president or 2025 when he is sworn back in why is that even why can't we fucking get some different people running? Why is everybody like our most mentally fit? That would be that's a fucking not in novel their idea. not in their seventies. The fuck? I can't like I, I I if if my 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 dream is to continue to serve people that I'm serving, um, develop this this virtual clientele and shake Costa Rica, Panama. I, I I don't I don't see anything productive coming in the years ahead, not in the short term at least. Um, m- the majority of nations that are older than two hundred and some odd years have had much more bloodshed, and I think it's inevitable because nobody wants to have a fucking conversation. Oh my goodness, what kind of bloodshed though? Of who? Like what? Like what's gonna be the straw? You know? Like what's gonna be the thing? What group's gonna attack which? And who's in office and in control of our <laughs> our men and women and um, and you know people in in uniform? I I, I I'm sh- I'm sure I'll be called a racist and because I'm an anti-racist. Like I love culture. I love culture. I love other people's culture. I love to try and learn new language or at least acknowledge other people's language when I'm, I'm, they're giving me their food. Uh, Festival of Nations, you ever been to a Festival oh, of yeah, Nations? Oh, yeah, I love it. It's my jam. Absolutely. Um, so I'm sure I'll be called a racist because I'm anti-racist, but that that's the thing is there is no race. We confuse ethnicity for race. Yeah. And, and because we can't have a conversation about how we got here, right? Blumenberg came up with the races. Blumenbach, Blumenbach came up with the races, Negroid, uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's a concept, but it's pseudoscience because there is no genetic difference. That's why we can share organs and, and yeah. do blood transfusions. Right. Um, yep. We're the same species. And until we sit down and look and reflect, I, I, I don't. I don't see a, a quick or um, amicable <laughs> route to uh, a, a great America. Psychedelics. Everybody just needs to do psychedelics. Hey, need, I'm for that. We need to dose everybody. Bro, there's so much research about to come out about psychedelics and treating it as substance use. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Ayahuasca. You follow the maps at all? And, and, and Dr. Rick Strauss? Oh, is it Rick Strauss? That sounds familiar. No, hold on. I almost fucked his name up. I don't want to fuck his name up. Apps.org. Man, we don't know shit about THC and cannabis yet or, or CBD. Like, there's so much we need to be investing in. 
Rick Doblin. There we go. Yeah. So, uh, so Rick Doblin started this in 1984, and um, yeah, he's trying to classify MDMA as a Schedule One substance. Uh, the dude's in like stage declassifier. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He's in. Like, <laughs> I was like, fuck. What the fuck? He's um yeah dude he's in like stage three clinical trials he's like going completely by the book and trying to make this as legitimate as possible so it says found in 1986 the multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies or MAPS is a 501c3 nonprofit organization specializing in research and education that develops medical legal and cultural shifts benefiting the careful uses of psychedelics and marijuana for mental and spiritual healing. Yeah, bro. Um, dude. I, I I think that we have a long, long journey of if we if you know perhaps perhaps if we can embrace and adopt mental health as a primary function of progress, right? Because I, I'm not saying everybody needs a therapist, but maybe everybody has been through some shit. Nothing's wrong with you, but something might have happened. We've all experienced shit. You need to process that. And the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. And, you know, that's your fucking trauma. How are, so how do we address trauma is right the question here. We stop fucking stuffing it down. We stop pushing that shit down. We stop avoiding, right? Uh, uh, whether it's through substance, whether it's through, uh, uh, you know, substances that are in the kitchen, whether it's through technology, whether it's through uh, exercise, People overexercise to avoid the shit that they've been through, and they think that they're dealing with it. Yeah, I feel like we're we're trying to just we always have to again put everything in a in a positive like when you're when you're, like you know when you're in the corporate setting, you always have to position everything in a positive framework. You can't ever say anything negative, and it's like we're trying to nerf every little situation. And where like nobody has to, to actually have to do any sort of work or feel any sort of discomfort or actually see I disagree. I think it's not knowing how to process the discomfort. There's a difference between emotions are fleeting. Happiness isn't a destination, it's a mindset. And it's not inevitably going to be there all day every day it's not possible it's just yeah you said it's it's not comfortable right to to have some of these conversations or to address these hard things right we avoid it we avoid it right so that's what i'm saying everyone's being conditioned to 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 not have to do hard things to to always what's what's pleasurable what's instantly going to gratify me let's avoid things let's you know, it's it's okay. Like, don't worry but about see, it. I'd be careful in saying everyone. Not everyone, but I think that it's it's a very accepted message. And it, give, let me give you an example: the body positivity message. On a surface level, yeah, absolutely, you should accept your body. And what we, there's different body types. We all look different. There's no one way we should all all look by any stretch of the imagination. And you should love who you are. On that same note, though, you should be trying to to work to be your your best self and to What's that mean, though? to be healthy and it doesn't mean that you have to um look a certain way but you shouldn't be obese like you shouldn't you shouldn't put yourself and you should you should be getting regular exercise you should be drinking water you should be trying to take care of yourself okay. and it doesn't mean you have to like exercise like a madman or try to look like a bodybuilder or professional athlete or any stretch of the imagination sure. but you should be trying to move your body and take care of yourself and feel well Right, so slippery slope. Where's the slippery slope? When we don't look at other variables, of 
economics, education, access to the things that make you healthy. To like healthy foods, to healthy underserved foods, populations. Fitness centers. All of you don't need a fitness center to be healthy, bro. You mm, can go outside and walk. But what if I don't what if I what if I have bad knees because I'm already obese? What if I, oh, I, that's I feel cool. like you can sit on the couch? There's a lot of different things. I'm not I'm not There's I'm not making excuses. What I'm saying is I'm not I don't think that we consider all of the other variables. For sure. Listen, so these are broad sleeping statements that yeah. I make it for sure. There's always gonna be an example for why like some of these things aren't gonna be like working, right? But for a vast majority of popular like of, of just people in general, there's they could be doing something, right? We could all be doing better. And now there's for sure some contributors, right? There's a lot. These are like multifaceted issues, right? We're talking about lots of intersections. We're talking about access and education, all these different things, right? However, for in this, the the example I'm trying to make here is the message of being of 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 body positivity. It, it can get to the point of where it can become an issue where it's like you're obese you're 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 clearly not healthy you're not even making an attempt to try to take care of yourself and now you're being told that if that's okay just love yourself and a clear example of that would be like like Lizzo the singer sure she was a huge proponent of that and then the moment she started to try to get healthy there was a big she felt a pretty big backlash of people wanting to be like, why are you trying to get healthy type shit? It's because people want to feel good about themselves and you want to avoid doing hard shit oftentimes. Yeah, but I don't think the two, I don't, it doesn't have to be a zero sum, a mutually exclusive thing, right? You can't, sometimes, I'm sorry, sometimes it is a mutually exclusive thing. If it's, if it's mental health that's influencing my inability to get my fucking ass up and go somewhere to do something healthy, that's then complete, I do need to... So it's, that's it's this complete, dialectic, that's right? That's a completely separate thing, though, right? But it's not. Because they're integrated. Because they're symbiotic. Because the mind is primary, right? If I can't, if I can't mm-hmm. even get up to go do the difficult task, right. then maybe I do need today to feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. I think that there's this is what dialectic behavior therapy is is essentially looking at the dichotomy in everything. Okay. Body body positivity you're saying is a slippery slope. I can obesity is obesity killed my mom. They they said it was hereditary, but it's like mm, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. She drank fucking Pepsi like it was water for the longest time that I can remember, and that's what led to liver failure in my mind, but it was hereditary disease. Not from alcoholism. They called it primary biliary cirrhosis, which is clogging of the the bile ducts. Yeah. So there's this spectrum of it's a slippery slope, but at the same time, it might be necessary for someone to not ideate and then attempt to take their own life. So there's you, you don't have to ideate. Sure, I can be I can be depressed and fucking have negative self talk, which is enough to keep me in bed. Mm-hmm. I think it's this. It's this, this we're, again, we're, we're going back to the politics, right? It's my team or my team. There's, th- it, this shit looks like this. 100%. For, for everybody. So I'm not, I'm not drawing a hard line or creating a dichotomy here. What I'm using is as an example of, of one influence. Sure. Which, which, is, which is feeding into a behavior of avoidance, of doing hard shit, of, of, of seeking 
pleasure and validation of just doing what's comfortable, which which will play into a whole lot of issues. And that can feed into and create this own issue with when you start drawing in these mental health factors, right? It's like that 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 avoidance and that pleasure can then now drive you into fucking the like a depression and it's just, it's just fucking thing that you're into right so like i'm not i'm not negating that happening but this is still a thing that is also like i'm just using as an example of a driver for this much larger fucking issue which is is just it's it's here's the thing when we start looking at humans on an individual by individual basis we're all unique and and different and there's so many different like special things and and just it's it's all particular per the person, right? Sure. But as the as, when you start getting in the meta, we're very pre- aggregating. Yeah, we're start we're very predictable, and we're and we're not as uh, as complicated as we would like. Hence, why we all have these phones that are able to hijack our human reward system, and we're all very predictable in these ways, right? So we're we're very unique in in that, and you know, in the individual, but in the in the 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 big scale, which is kind of what I'm speaking to. <laughs> We're, we're pretty predictable in some ways. So all I'm saying is that, man, dude, it's hard to go from one to the other and take – when well, we aggregate all that. It, it's, well, your it, perspective is very you're, – you're at the very human level working one-on-one with I, people. Every, or in groups. Every Yeah, so you're very in the weeds. So I understand, I understand why that's your perspective, right? And it's why it's probably a little bit easier for me to, to speak larger. Cause I, I I speak in abstract all the time. I'm just sitting here in my fucking, and <laughs> like right here, just talking shit. Bro. I'm not saying that you're wrong, right? Because again, but co- I causation is not correlation. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I will all I will forever and always push back. I appreciate. I it. did that at Washu for fucking no, I appreciate four semesters because it, it made me just fucking. Drive I, I, I we are so fucking certain. I know a bunch of shit, but I'm willing to hear you. I'm going to listen to you, and if you have something that's going to – again, I, I spoke on that earlier. You're not the type of person that's going to be dismissive and say, no, my my shit is the only shit that counts. All right. And that's not at all what my – I'm not trying to give that impression whatsoever. I don't think you are. Um, you know, maybe perhaps I'm playing devil's advocate, I, which is way over fucking used these days. Um I, I I wish I wish that we gave more respect to the individual, more efficacy, right? More ability to problem solve their own shit. That's what informed consent is, right? That's why some folks are not vaccinated, right? Informed consent is important. It's super important. Um, I just wish we were able to hear the other side more and i think people get pissed off at me because they think they they see this facade they hear what i have to say as if i haven't lived you know we i spoke about this earlier i've lived in all of st louis i've seen all that st louis has to offer i've been to jeff city i've camped n- near farmington and in the mark twain national forest i've been down to the black river i've been to bourbon missouri in yeah. a gas station you know what the deal is but I also went to – I was one of five, six black kids in a 600 school bo- a population of 600 students. I, I know what it's like to have microaggressions daily. I know what it's like to be told, no, you can't date my daughter because you're black. 
I know what it's like to have people say, well, I'm not racist, but you really do speak well. Again, from my perspective, we have work, and it's on both sides. Black folks have work to do as a community, but I'm sure as fuck not about to hear it from somebody that's never even been to where my granny stay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you you don't know. Yeah. You watch Fox News and then tell me CNN, but I don't watch CNN. Yeah. I do occasionally tune into Fox News just to see what kind of message they they spin and how they put their lens on it. I, I just, I wish some people would be able to just shut the fuck up and listen, but also not expect me to speak in a manner where I don't curse, where I don't get loud. Right. Where I don't, Just because I'm fucking loud and passionate don't mean I'm not listening to you. You just expect me to behave in a certain manner. Right. Because it's more comfortable for you. Fuck your comfort. Let's have a real vulnerable conversation. You gotta get uncomfortable. Would you say it was it, it was a necessary product? It was a necessary component for growth. One hundred percent. Only thing, only thing that's guaranteed in this world is change. It's constant. Only thing that's guaranteed. Until so you learn how to move in that manner, it's just gonna be rough. Yeah, man. Yeah, there's. There's not enough hard there there aren't enough hard conversations being had at all. There's there's so much nuance to every issue and to every situation and to your point of, of drawing the hard lines in everything, you ignore a lot of nuance and the amount of gray. I have a tendency to look at 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 a lot of I, I take a lot of hard lines in my mind. I uh I've been thinking about like this this joke. So my my daughter was uh she was uh diagnosed like on the uh, like the autism ASD. spectrum. Yeah. And she's like if if I wouldn't have told you that, you might maybe you you work with a lot of kids so you might not know, but she's not she's not like a severe case whatsoever. I mean, I can I diagnose people now for oh, a living. Oh, so you do. So you I'm probably, licensed, baby. You probably know. So, but here's put my net- letters behind my Here's name. here's the thing though, man. The more I I I I learn about autism and the more like I'm just around her and I see her, I start to think I I might be fucking autistic sometimes, dude, like the way my mind works. And this is just like a thought I was having and uh and so I was like, man, let me let me take like this just online test. Totally understanding, like it's just an online fucking test, sure. you know, everything with a grain of salt. And it was like one of those things where, if like there's like a line here, like I was like close, close to it. So I was like, all right, well, yeah, I could definitely see like the tendencies like in the way that I think whenever I view her, like just just certain things I view in her. I'm like, damn, I kind of act like that. You see yourself. So I can see, I can see how my mind is is kind of drawn to to just very like black and white, this and that focused type of thinking so i do that so sometimes i speak in absolutes but as i've gotten older fully understanding most of the world is gray it's all gray it's all gray all of it it's it's i mean it's i think some things are right and some things are wrong hmm depends on where you go it is dependent on where you go it is it's it's totally a perspective thing I mean, outside of humans, outside of murder and rape. That's what I'm saying. But even still, you know, there's children being married. But here's the spectrum, right? Because some people don't, they don't, there's, there's no, there's no switch there that regulates that. 
right? Like, there's no feeling. There's no nothing. It's just like sociopaths are real. And if you want to talk about yes, and uh, narcissism is real. You want to talk about the amount of elites and people and high achievers who are super narcissistic and sociopathic. It's astronomical. Yeah, I mean, it's a those that succeed well at that high level of business yeah. it's a lack of it's a lack of empathy yeah i, I don't mean, give a fuck what happens how a, much more, more my profits going to look like though it, yeah i mean it's a human trait and we all possess various you know yes degrees of all of these things but i i, I, I would say but, uh, naturally humans are groupish want to work together want to support one another yes that's why it's so hard to take one's life right but that's why when when we see a problem we have empathy but, but if it's invisible and we can't really see it if it's a mental problem if it's if somebody's suffering from ms you know not quite als because you can physically see the als so it's oh i have empathy mm -hmm. but if you have ms i can't see it so i don't i don't give a fuck about your hot flashes or yeah, your headaches whatever or your, pain that you're saying that you're dealing with and that's it's kind of the same thing that goes into COVID. that's why masking is such a fucking problem is because we are a nation of colonization we don't give a fuck about you european america we don't give a fuck about you we have created our societal standards you must obey and follow these you speak our language even though i can't distinguish there there and they are you will speak my language the english language is one of the most it's the worst first language also. Oh, it's so complicated. We live in a society where you do as I fucking say by the status quo, and now we're being oppressed because the CDC and public health experts are saying we want you to have... That's, that's what masking in my mind does. The higher level that we have compliance of masking, the less likely people are. Granted, time, time decreases. I, 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 I can absolutely see, appreciate and see what you're saying. There's absolutely got to be some decrease in exposure if the compliance for masking is high. And we're not talking about a bullshit mask. I think vaccines are, you know, informed consent is, is an important co uh, component. I think that that is up to everyone. Do I believe that if we had higher compliance with the vaccination that there'd be less, less death, less hospitalization, and potentially less mutation? I, th I think I think that's correct. I think that's correct. But again, I, I understand social contexts. I know how to diagnose mental disease, and I know how to treat people. I I'm not a viral a, vi a, vi a vi virologist. Viro yeah, virologist. An immunologist. I, yeah. I, I uh, science was hard. Yeah. Science is real hard, mm -hmm. and I so I can't really speak to those things. But the people that I know in these circles. I value their expertise, and so that's what I believe. All you can do is take in the information that you're given and make your best choice. I, I, you know, and I'll try to read both sides. I, tr yeah. I really, really try to read both sides because if you, if you, if you don't, if you don't have conflicting data, it's hard to really critically think. And that was the beautiful part of my undergrad education. I studied anthropology, culturally speaking. I had to take some bio. Uh, biological anthropology classes but i was also simultaneously studying economics a liberal course in a in a <laughs> conservative course yeah and taking information because really both are looking at human behavior especially cultural anthropology and 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 trying to make that shit make sense like 
And what my conclusion was is you can do anything in this country to make money. 100%. I like helping people. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Well, I just have a, a – do you want some water? I do. Got, got mouthing all beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Will I reach? Yeah, it'll reach. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll reach. It's all good. Yeah, dude. We got we got room. Um, what gets me the most is well, – um, No, it's up top there. Yep. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh. oh shit! Yep, yep. I was afraid of that. My bad, bro. It's all good. I got a big one. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Oh, I could have just got you probably like a cup or a glass of water. Well, fuck, bro. I mean, we took a a turn here. It's we've been like going all over the place. I know, man. Listen, this this is what the show is. This is it. <laughs> We're just talking and hashing it out. Um, so I. I I have a serious, um, just a, a deep distrust of quote unquote health experts at 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 these at these highest levels because when you look at at the healthcare industry, it's not a healthcare industry, man. It's a sick care industry. It's reactive model. We're treating symptoms. We're not actually treating the root causes of a lot of these these issues that people are having and these diseases. And it's a pharmaceutical model. It's it's what 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 pill can we give you to to treat this symptom? You know, we're not really having these holistic approaches to what really is health. To We've my, never been preventative because it would destroy the sugar industry. Exactly. It would destroy exactly, the and that's my point. And beef industry, it would destroy the chicken. And like there was a there were decades where people. <laughs> Were everything was Soy low fat. Corn. Everything's low fat. Everything's low fat, right? We're taking all the fat out, but you know, really, the real culprit was sugar, right? Everybody's getting Always sick, had right? So, so when it comes to health and what's really about the the people's health, man, I just have, I just the information that's coming out, just it's just it doesn't it's it doesn't make sense. And there's already a a a, a long history of the FDA and, and the CDC not doing what's best for the people or what's correct. So, sure. man, what what's I think is just missing is just this nuanced approach to health to where it's, there's a message now where it's like, these are the only precautions that need to be taken. You need to mask up, you need to quarantine, you need to go get vaccinated, and and that's it. But you, things start getting ignored and 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 you talk you want to talk about the the individual there's you know there's so much biodiversity amongst us all to say that this one thing is going to work for everybody and everybody needs to do this or if you don't do this like you're you're now like a bad person or you're you're making the situation worse we love to stigmatize a lot of that's propaganda and it's not really truth and we're 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 ignoring these other uh you know prophylactic measures that we could take at the onset of COVID, Great such as monoclonal antibodies, such as ivermectin, such as hydro uh, mm. hydroxychloroquine. Ivermectin is not a, a horse dewormer. I don't even know how that even became a narrative. It's crazy. It is an antiviral. It, it, the, it, it won the Nobel Prize in 2015 for curing river blindness. There's been over 4 billion doses given worldwide. You know how many actual issues there have been? Less, less than like, tw- like it's like less than thirty or some shit like that. It's one of the most safest, well uh, studied, uh, well administered drugs in planet Earth. 
dude. It's it, the the narrative of it being a horse dewormer. Well, I can't speak to that. That's insane. And but we're talking about a therapeutic for COVID. It is a it's to a, prevent it, hospitaliz- hospitalization and death. It's it, yes, and it's, it's, there's it's, data for that. There is data for that, and there's a very real, uh, uh, like use for this. So there's these there's these other there's there is even a uh, uh, an SSRI. And I can't think of the name of which one it was that there's data showing now it can it can help with COVID. And hmm. yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of different options that can help and 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 basically crush the virus and its symptom and 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 it within a few days. So these conversations aren't being had. Like these these options of treatment aren't even even being given as options. And in some places, for example, they're they're restricting certain medications just depending on the population so it's it's like there's this intense control and and you're you're you are taking out the sovereignty of of people's ability to make choices for what is best for them in their health (laughs) in in this regard if this were a true situation where where if you didn't get this vaccine everyone you're like you're you're going to fucking die like you're truly probably going to die like so do you think the number is less than 800,000 800,000 what we're people like, dying yeah we're approaching regardless of comorbidities and well no you can't say regardless of comorbidities because those that's important lifestyle choices are important right sure. so that's where that's where the individual sovereignty needs to come into place because there's a huge population of people who have taken their health into their own hands there's a huge community of people just like me who are educated on your own health, who do do the things that you should be doing, who do take their health into their own hands. And if you, again, it's it's literally at that point an individual choice because in my mind, (coughs) what's the vaccine doing, right? It's, what's it, what, you say it's, it's limiting your ability to spread it and it's reducing the probability of hospitalization, hospitalization and right? death. In death, right? So if you get it, you're reducing your probability of getting hospitalized and dying. Correct. Right. Which I, you know, I don't. I'm not sure the data on contracting. I, obviously, people that have the vaccine can still can get still can contract yeah. it and give it. Right. Absolutely. So, but they are limiting their ability to really experience the symptoms. Right. And reducing mortality. Right getting sick and going to the hospital all that shit right so if at this point if 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 you want to to take a choice with your health why is that a bad thing yeah i mean at the end of the day right we're either uh, a part of the study or we're in the control group really you know, so anybody that says they don't want to be a part of the experiment doesn't understand yeah. how science works. I'm just saying there's a lot of grace. So why is there just only one? There's just one narrative saying this is the answer, this is the answer, this is the answer. But there's a lot of options. There I mean, really how many are. how many hundreds of millions of doses of the vaccine have been administered? I don't know a ton. A ton. A, a ton. I don't fucking know. I think I think, I think we're 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 past the point. Like we're we're like seventy percent of the population in our nation. In our nation, right? Mm-hmm. Is is vaccinated. So there's a, a vast majority. Yeah. Of the people. Are, I mean, are vaccinated. What I know, I I, I so I, I know that uh, Latinos and Blacks were lagging behind in vaccination. Right. Deaths were through the roof. Now that they've caught up, it seems like deaths per 
racial breakdown or ethnic breakdown breakdown have kind of leveled off and people are dying evenly it seems I, I you know I, I don't I don't know what the correct answer is I think um, I think I think one of the things though that I have seen especially for kiddos when it comes to this whole process is because we can't do this we sh- we we you know we, st- we talked about rhetoric I think before we started to film. Right. and You were talking about your middle schooler, so like peers' impression, these peer impression in, in adolescence is more impactful than what happens at home until COVID, right? So now like kids are going home to be with their abusers, kids are going home to watch their parents be abused, kids are going home to watch their parents abuse drugs and alcohol, because you know all of these scenarios, kids that had two meals a day, no matter how shitty they were, now going home to who fucking knows what. So I think the exacerbation of existing problems is on top of this rhetoric of you should mask, you shouldn't mask, fear not having a mask, uh, your freedom is being violated if you do wear your mask. Like it's you're teaching kids through your behavior and through your speech patterns how to think about this problem as a whole. And I think... While it's fine for everyone to have informed consent and decide what is best for them, I'm also thinking about the families that don't have the ability to sit down and have these kinds of conversations because somebody's working three jobs. Or, um, again, going back to the reading level, like I know kids that literally glued their hands together and then peeled glue off in science class and then did no further study but have like read a a philosophy book and think they're smart or like you got a communication degree and not that that's a problem there's nothing wrong with your education i'm not saying that but i'm saying if you're if your academic experiences is not in the field you know if you're self-taught that's that's really cool but you haven't had a peer influence you haven't had instruction you haven't had pushback you haven't had discussion reflection you haven't probably written a research paper and really had to put your thoughts together in a linear process. I think we have this concept of I'm going to do my own homework and research when, bitch, you can't even read. Like, you don't even know how to read good. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then this is another slippery slope. It's like, yeah, so... So should we be taking tests to be able to have children now at this point? Is that That's kind of like what I'm saying, right? On the other side of the spectrum. It's like, are it's, you capable of even operating at a, at a certain level within society, right? Does your... And, and, you know, there's quotes about the elite always fearing an educated public, and that's, that's fucking real. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm scared for teachers. I'm scared for healthcare workers um, because of the burnout. And I, 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 I can say with certainty... The amount of bullshit that has been added onto these two particular fr- professions, police, you know, I, I, I've said in the past, fuck twelve, and I mean the the concept of people coming into a community that they don't really care about to police it. But there are great police officers in this country that have zero fucking business responding to a mental health call. You know, everybody's so stretched thin, and this shit gonna break. Maybe not across all platforms, but we will see a shortage of teachers. We will see a shortage of healthcare workers. We are going to see a, a shortage of police. Uh, we 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 are going to see a shortage of EMT. And e- it's just 
things are getting stretched to the breaking point. And it's not so much because of informed consent. I think we as a country are so stuck on our team. And let's be real, we kind of fucking stupid as a nation. Compare it on a global scale. Yeah. I mean, I've studied with kids from China and Myanmar, fucking... We have low standards. We really... We, but they're, they're there for a reason. This isn't by accident. It was by design. 100%. And I agree. Until we change the economic system, until we change the education system, until we change the healthcare system, until we change until accessibility. Right, until we're able to have like more nuanced, hard conversations. The indigenous people that used to live here, um, the Osage and the Kickapoo, um, from my understanding, there were more than 70 different types of plants that were consumed in, in their diet. So we're going to talk about natural immunity. We don't eat animal organs anymore. We don't, I don't know if I could name 70 fruits and vegetables, but we got corn and soy. It's everywhere. Back to subsidies, right? It's not healthcare and education, but it's a different type of subsidy oh, that's pro. Dude, monocropping is such an issue. That's a whole nother issue. There's just so many things. There's just so many things. I, I feel like we could do this all day. We really could. <laughs> <laughs> we really could. Oh, fuck, dude. But we're actually right about two hours, so I don't. I want to be respectful of your time. I'm sure you got other shit to go go do. Um, Nate, my man. I appreciate you having me. If I can, if I can have a, uh, one a wrap-up comment, I would say... <clears throat> We've talked a little bit about masculinity and teaching men to be men, boys to be men. Um, in our society, we don't consider being in control of your emotions. That's not a component of masculinity. I've heard, I, I forget who said it on the uh, Joe Rogan podcast, you should be a monster, right? and then you should learn how to tame it. It's Jordan Peterson. I think, I don't think he's wrong, but I think he's missing part of the developmental process, especially for kids. From three to five are some of the most impressionable years a kid goes through. That really is going to start to solidify who they're going to be before their peers start to influence them, before they go outside, as my kids will say. Mm. If we can teach kids how to process their emotions better than we have, I think we will be on track to really rewrite this narrative that we've created tonight or this, this afternoon, this morning of, of doom and gloom, of we're fucked. Because being able to control your emotions is the number one cause, in my mind, of this, this hopelessness, this, this burdensome... Like, we, we think so far about or so much about the other person and how we've impacted them and how, what they think about us. Social media is only exacerbating this. Teach your kids that it's okay to be fucking sad and it's okay to cry mm -hmm. and it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to be scared. It's okay. I don't fucking all of the emotions. Oh, it's okay yes. to feel them. I'm glad you said that. That's so important. Everyone's supposed to be fucking happy all the time. It's not possible. No, it's not attainable. And it's okay, little boy, if you feel some type of way because your daddy's gone. It's okay to be sad. Sometimes you're supposed to be fuck sad. Cry. 
Yes. Let that shit out. Stop telling boys that they're not allowed to cook. Stop telling boys that they can't wear a certain color. Stop telling people how they can express themselves, how they should feel about themselves, or how they should feel and respond to certain situations that have happened to them. There's nothing wrong with your children. But something might have happened. So stop asking, are you okay? Ask what happened. Stop saying, quit crying. It looks like you're upset about something. What happened? Work with them through the problems. You're going to learn a little bit about yourself. You're going to learn a little bit about them. And ultimately, at the end of the day, when they feel some fucking type of way, and they've been reinforced to understand that that's okay, the shit that happens later in life you know, just, just more repetitions, more repetitions, more practicing to regulate yourself. I feel fucked up right now, and that's okay. I'm going to have this cry. But emotions are fleeting. They go like this. I think the average time somebody has an ideation to to want to take their life, somewhere between five and ten minutes. I am so fucking sorry that you feel this way right now. It's a little motivational interview. I am so sorry that this has happened to you. I am so sorry that they didn't apologize. I am so sorry that he said it that way. But you're safe right now here with me. Let it out. I've, I've had grown men, 21, 22, 23, at, at, at this program in, in the city, Dream Builders for Equity, they're doing great work. I've had them literally fall apart into tears just because I said I was sorry to them. They'd been needing to hear that I'm sorry for I don't know how fucking long. And they just fall apart. And now I rebuild you back up. We, we talk about why you felt this way. And it, it, it's, it's just so simple. It really is so simple in the scheme of things. So it, long story, long story short, not are you okay? What happened? It's okay to apologize. And in fact, you should be teaching them how to apologize. Model that behavior. It's okay to admit you fucked up. It's okay to admit you made a mistake. It's okay to have fault. It's okay. So show them that. So that this, as adults, being vulnerable, it's not so fucking scary. Not so afraid to feel this emotion. I can sit with it. I can understand and reflect, how did I get here? What happened to make me feel this way? Once you start there, then you can start to develop to t the tools to say, what do, I want, what do I want next? How do I want to feel? My daddy's gone, my mom's dead, my grandma's sick, my dad's mean, my mom's mean, whatever the scenario is, it's not fucking fair, and I feel some type of way, and that's okay. But now that I know that this is the scenario, this is the case, I don't have resources in my community, it's fucking not fair. I'm sad about it, I'm mad about it. I understand why I'm here. Now that you've done that, you can see what the next step is. And so many people can't understand how they got there, and they can't get to that next step. Does that take like a level of critical thinking? self-awareness critical thinking vocabulary you got to be able to name it yeah you got to be able to distinguish between sadness and anger for the longest time i never allowed myself to feel sad I, I, that's 
I'm uncomfortable as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to feel sad. I feel weak. I feel weak when I'm sad. So I'll put angry in front of it. I'm fucking angry. Nah, nigga, you sad. Yeah. Come here. Come here. Hug it out. You sad. Yeah, man. Are kids able to critically think and, and parse that out? Absolutely. Without actually getting help, though? No. No. They absolutely need guidance. Yeah, they like absolutely that's not need something they can... Facilitation. Yeah. Ab- 100%. With the right facilitation, you can develop that. I, as young as sixth, sixth grade. Shit, I'm working with a group of, uh, uh, what are they, fourth and fifth graders right now in yeah. all uh, U City. And... Kids are smarter than we think they are. Kids are smart. Kids are resilient. My question is, how, how do, as a parent, can, can one get their kid, because this is my experience at the moment, I, f- I feel like my son, is he's, he's 13. He's entering into this stage to where he's, he's kind of like wanting to come into his own. Sure. And, he's, and there's, this, there's this point to where you start to, to pull away from your parents a little bit. Yeah. He should be more concerned about his peers than you. Yeah. So it's like, man... As a parent and as an adult, like Rashley is like, oh man, I've walked, I've walked your path. Like I know things you're probably gonna bump into in certain regards. Yeah, they don't give a fuck though. Nope, they don't give a fuck, right? And it's and it's this whole battle of trying to be your own person and walk your own line, and you have to like, you're you're like, and it's 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 like a self-destructive type of behavior in a way, because you're guaranteed to face some sort of hardship, and oftentimes I feel. At least for me as a kid, man, you know, I thought I thought I knew more than I did and I thought I had a better understanding than I did, right? So then I would you know, you don't you don't tell your parents certain things and you start mm. making choices on your own and then you usually get to a point to where it it's it's apparent that you're in over your fucking head and now you have to loop them too in. Late. It's too late at that point by the time you have to loop them in, but it's like you walk down this path because you essentially thought you're a little bit more grown than you were than you are. And it's like if you would just have a trust to just talk to your parents and or what you'd have a fucking how do we create an environment where a child will is trusting to go and say anything that's but here as a parent, can you that's the question because there's you always can you, you can try, but there's always this line that has to be drawn as a parent to where is there? Who says? Well, because man, at at a certain at a, because as a parent, you have at least for me, man. Like I I, I hold my kids to a standard, mm-hmm. and there's as you know, and if you don't meet like a standard, then there's there's consequences. Okay. Right, and so there's I'm a, I'm a, an authority figure, and oftentimes when you're trying to do your own thing and you don't necessarily want to have the hard conversation, you don't want to deal with the pushback or the authority. You just go do your own thing, and that's often what kids will do. Did punishment work for you? It's not even about punishment. It's just about – it can be simple Negative reinforcement, then. You take away good things that they enjoy, right? No, it's like, hey, dude, did you piss on the seat? I need you to come in here and clean up your piss. Okay. This this is – clean this shit up, right? And it's like, look, dude, no, you're not – like, it's just – it's just, you know, you don't want to do shit. But you you got to do these things. See, so, that's the, I, but that's I, I, an authority. I'm a, now I'm an authority, and it's guidance. It is guidance. It is guidance. But I'm trying to think of it as a kid. It's like, all right, here's authority. Here's always here's authority. authority. He pissed on the seat. You go in his room. You snatch his fucking game system out the wall, and you tell this bitch, bitch ass boy, you ain't getting no fucking games no more. And so you go clean this shit up. I'd that's call, authority. I'd call that an extreme authority. So whenever I'm thinking of authority, 
so here's the thing. I'm thinking of it in the very simple term of I'm making him do something that he doesn't want to do, and there's not a choice because I'm telling you you need to do it. So uh, Okay, that's fair. Right? That's fair. Right? So there's, I think there's varying degree. So my point is, without getting too long-winded, is just that I think in, in, as we're, we're, we're becoming like – older and, and you start developing and you're kind of trying to f- create your own self-identity and like you said your, your friends are more important than your parents you start thinking my parents don't understand my parents don't Facts. really get right Facts. so then even even the the best of parents and i think if you're able to create a situation i i, I, I in my mind i feel like it, it has to be done like it has like it, it is obtainable to create the situation where like Kids are going to come to you before they want to do something. Like, man, I would hope if my kid would want to try drugs, like, for real, like, you would come have a conversation with me. Because I even just had this conversation the other day. I was like, yeah, like, sourcing is so important. Like, fentanyl is out here fucking killing kids right now. Crazy. Because they trusted their kid friend who didn't know what the fuck was going on. And we have, um, there's this kid who used to uh, do jujitsu who, had a fentanyl issue and now he's recovering at this children's hospital around the corner here. Congrats. So yeah, um, thankfully dude, he w- it was looking bad there for a while. So, but my point is, it's just like, man, dude, we, we, we have a real life example here and it, this like amount on your fucking pinky tip will fucking kill you bro with this Crazy. fentanyl shit. So I'm, I just had this conversation with him and like, <laughs> Look, man. So I would hope he would be able to come to me, but then you just kind of like, just if I look at how I was and just, this natural progression of being a human is just like, man, we often don't feel like we can go to our parents until it's almost too late. It's like we can save ourselves a lot of heartache. You know what I'm saying? For me, it was always the response. I come to you with some shit and you come in hot. Yeah. I'm not coming back. Right. Why would I? So my son's not 13. He'll be four next month way different oh yeah i have not a fucking clue what you've gone through yet so i can't really speak to that i work with that population there are some of my favorite age groups to work with and so it's always been i'm not i'm not mad especially when i'm in group with these kids you do some dumb shit oh you cursed you see your fucking principal in here yeah i don't give a fuck yeah but why did you feel like you needed to why did you feel like it was appropriate? Yeah. I'm not mad. Yeah. You're not in trouble. How how did we get here though? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's always been presentation, at least for me. And so that's what I'm trying to root my parenting in. That's why I said not what ha- or I'm sorry, not are you okay? Look bro, what happened? Yeah. Sometimes I think that kids feel like they can't be entirely themselves around their parents. Fuck no. Right? Because you can't just be, you know, like how you are when you're just chilling with your friends and there's no parents around. It's repetition, bro. So it's like this, it's this feeling as a kid that you can't be yourself around your parents. So then it drives you to do this. It just drives you down the path that we all walk, that we all walk. It's like, that's why we all have those nights where it's like, what the fuck was I doing as a kid? I was walking, I was sneaking out. I was doing this. I was doing that. Identity. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's just the human path that we all walk. That's the other thing though, right? Is like allowing them to create their own narrative. Ask questions. Don't lecture. Unless they've asked you a question, don't 
don't don't speak statements. Even when they ask a question, you have to answer that shit within two or three sentences. Because if you get too long winded, they will stop. Yeah. It's like this is such a nuanced question you just fucking asked me. <laughs> I'm trying to give you all the perspective here, and then they stop listening. Facts. A quarter of the way through. Facts. And t- uh, at- attention span. I mean, again, the phone, the social media. All of these things. Uh, I could talk to you about mental health shit. I should have. I should have started here. Ask, <laughs> ask the questions. Stop fucking making statements. Everybody wants. Everybody wants. That's how I know. Like I used to play this game with my father-in-law. I don't. We're not. We we don't. See eye to eye. Never have. Um, that's he, probably like that's probably the true definition of like conservative liberal dichotomy. Yeah, <laughs> dichotomy. Yeah, facts. One hundred percent. You know, he came back around after his, his his father was really sick. You know, I lost my mom at an early age. My 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 childhood was dealing with her health, and so I think he knew he could come to me with these questions, mm-hmm. and so we used that time to rebuild. But na- now, since our last fallout, instead of asking me questions about things that I know more than you, sir. I know more than you about it via education, via experience, via fucking my environment. And instead of asking me questions, you wanted to tell me what I was supposed to think. Mm. And then now you're mad because I'm motherfucking you like Samuel L. Jackson. Now you're saying you're a black man. Don't, that's fine. I'm, I'm going to be that the rest <laughs> fit, of my life. Fit into a box now. I'm going to be that the rest of my life. Stop telling people that are trying to discover an identity or themselves or go through a hardship or a trauma, stop telling them things. One of my favorite, favorite uh, interviews, if you will, just a little excerpt uh, from Marilyn Manson. It was after Columbine. And I think the reporter was trying to be smart and arrogant. He said, what would you say to the two boys that committed this atrocity. And he said, I wouldn't say anything. I would listen, because clearly nobody did. Mm. Yeah, they made a statement. That is what... That mm. is what you would need to do with these kids. That is what you do to build up this this repetition of confide, positive response, confide, positive response, confide, positive response, until they get to that age... And now it's already conditioned. Mm, I don't know if I trust that Reggie. Let me go talk to my daddy first. Yeah. And that's what you're talking about. Yeah. We have to repeatedly show them that it's okay to come and tell me you fucked up. Because, low bro, <laughs> I was a wild one. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. that's what you're saying. I want to give you this game. But how kids don't give a fuck what you know until they know that you care. Yeah. Our kids don't care what you know until they know that you care. Yeah. Either way, show them you care. Stop, stop speaking and ask questions. Yeah, sometimes I'm just like, man, I think that's why it's so important to have strong male influence in the community as a whole, right? Because, Facts. and that's true for our young ladies as well. Yeah, just, just you know, the representation, like you know, kind of I was expressing like before we started recording, like my issues a little bit, some with like the the Pattonville school district, and some of it is like, man, the the lack of strong like. I wish I wish my son had you as uh, like someone he could go to in his fucking school. And I know there's nobody like you at his school that he can go to. Guarantee there's not. There's not. So, and that's one of my issues. And I'm talking about like the leadership and some of the different things. I'm like, man, there's just there's just not the resources I would like to see. 
part of that's neo nepotism and or cronyism, like, and, and it fucks up the development of these kids, man. And it's like they'll start. It, it'll affect maybe the social circles that they gravitate to, and and that will affect more development things. It's just like, oh my god, it's just this whole thing. It's just like, oh, it's all cyclical. I just cyclical. said like probably ten times in five seconds. Yeah, yeah, girl. I hate saying. At least like, you haven't said literally. Uh, I don't say literally, but I do say like. It's the one thing I'm really trying to. Crack down on those filler words. Crack down on that, like. <laughs> the same public speaking. Well, I guess technically it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. We just did another 30 minutes. I know. I'm Get sorry. me out of here, I'm man. sorry. I'm done wasting your time, mate. <laughs> Thanks again, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, bro. Always, always. All right. Bye, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I know I did. Again, if you are getting value out of the show, do me a solid. Just tell a friend, bring us a friend, leave a rating and review, share on social media. All of these things help immensely. I can't thank you guys enough. That's all I have for today. We'll be back very soon with another conversation. Just keep being rad humans. I'll see you next time. Bye. Mwah.